welcome everybody once again to the Tuesday show. My name is James Shin, joined by Mr. Ultra David, Mr. Tubaware, and I accidentally have the topic set to the wrong place. There we go. Okay. Ooh. All right. Shadowing. That's what they call that in the movie biz. Did you see that movement on the side there? That was rad, dude. When you scrolled back up like that automatically. What's going on, everybody? Oh, yeah, I can scroll however far it needs to go, dude, and it's accurate. See, there Super you go. Cool. <laughs> Super cool. What's going on, Tubbo Ware? How about you? Um, I'm tired. Sweet. I want to play some Strive. Sick. That's yeah. kind of how I'm feeling right now. Sounds about that right, actually. Played. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> real as it gets. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too dissimilar myself. I heard that you played a single first to five with me this weekend. Is that true? No, we played multiple first to fives. I will not lie to the people. Okay, well, we played a first to five. That was a lot of fun. Let's do that again in the future. Here's what we're going to be talking about over on the wait, side. Wait, 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 wait. Who won? <laughs> Uh, we played five for you know what? No, that's going on YouTube. You'll just have it's to watch. It's on YouTube, baby. You'll just have to watch on YouTube. YouTube. Oh, that's right. okay, that's, that's right. right. We can't spoil it. You will see it on YouTube. Like and subscribe on YouTube. By yeah, the way. yeah, please do. To be honest, we are trying to put a lot more work into our YouTube side. We are. Uh, we're going to be talking about in-person events actually filling up. CEO, of course, Summer Jam as well as other stuff that's going on that's big in the same kind of way. We're going to be talking about the Guilty Gear Strive NA versus Japan 10v10. We have a guest that we're excited about. Nokami is going to be on here. We'll talk about Good his guy. background, how he got his stream so big, how Strive is, the 10v10, and so forth. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to talk about the 5-5 matchup stuff. And as I said on Twitter, this is going to be done a little bit differently nowadays. We have been basically doing this, but now it's official. <laughs> we're just going to do the voting live here. There's no yeah. more send an email and you guys get to pick because we can't send an email anymore. So thanks, Twitch. Womp womp. We're going to talk about Kazuya. We're going to talk about Vanessa. We're going to talk about MKX Lives and so forth. But let's start by talking about the fact that in-person tournaments are, in fact, beginning to fill up. Happening again, dude. Not just happening, but happening pretty, uh, uh, like, strongly i guess is the way that i want to put it you know i with... think that's a good word for it yeah <laughs> so we had previously talked about the fact that ceo is going to take place in early december we had also previously talked about the fact that it sold out very very quickly that their spectator passes were sold out that their uh, events were capped and they filled up really fast well then we also yep. previously talked about the fact that they were going to be reopening registration so that they would be increasing, you know, the numbers per game, allowing more entrance in, basically. Well, that did happen, and it sold out literally in minutes. And in fact, Strive filled nearly 200 registration spots in two seconds. In actual <laughs> yes. seconds. Guess who got one of those spots, baby? Oh, this yeah. Guy. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. I mean, now you're taking it. up a spot that somebody else might have been able to use, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, here's the thing that that's really exciting to me about that. I mean, obviously, it's cool from the event standpoint, but usually a lot of the times when games come out, that kind of tapers the eagerness to sign up for events. You know, because people are like, I'm excited for Street Fighter V. I'm excited for Dragon Ball. It comes out, eh, I'm not as excited anymore. But, you know, when Strive came out, 
and then they had 200 more spots in two seconds and it went away. I think that's a good sign. I think that's a good, a good sign. sign. I know quite a few people who were in my boat of the betas being like, yeah, maybe. And then the game comes out and we're like really into it. I know a lot of people in that position. So I think it actually that's might cool. have been the opposite this time. Okay, okay. There's actually other news though. Uh, Summer Jam registration is open as of yesterday and it's already nearly full as well. So that is also happening very Dang. quickly. Yeah, totally. So it's not just a CEO phenomenon. This is something that's that's bigger. Summer Jam is going to be August 28th to 30th. And yeah, already nearly sold out. I'll, also, I'll have you know, Investigation Cohen, I've never gone 0-2 in a game that I was actively oh, that's practicing. Right, that's right. Not once. I forgot to start the timer. I forgot to start the timer. It's my bad. The timer. Well, we'll fast forward a little bit. Okay. Also, there was a local at Xanadu, you know, the event location in the eastern seaboard in maryland uh bgbc guys running that and they got 103 players for strive and they they capped out the ultimate uh, uh entries so smash was capped out at 128 uh, and my wow. understanding is that it's going to be close to capped or will be capped uh for this coming week as well so events Events are, in fact, back in some places. People are <laughs> thirsty. Dude, I mean, 100%. And, and, you know, Sonic Fox went down and actually won the Strive local at Xanadu. <laughs> and and Kill Sage was there. And again, there's, you know, 100 other players there. Ski Sonic was there to do commentary. Dang. It was actually yeah. so sick. Okay, okay. It but, was so sick. I watched a bunch of it. Uh, I didn't know that it was happening until it already had. And then I was like, wow. This is, and I went back and watched a bunch of it. Because that is so cool. Uh, Dude, I actually attended an in-person session with humans inside, it, not outdoors. <laughs> in a building. Inside, in a building. That's true. It's true. It's, it but did you have air conditioning? You're gonna have to ask Mikey D about that. I think there's air conditioning, but I'm, I mean, you I should. Mean, if you know, didn't, isn't it like 100 degrees there right now? Uh, no, in the, we're in not the, so like would, In the valley oh, okay. should be say. though, right? Isn't it, isn't it that hot? It no. was fine. It was in the seventies at the time. It was no okay. big deal. Uh, okay. I mean, look, the, the funny thing is, we talked about this, you know, weeks back when events start opening up. Do we feel like everyone's going to be jumping, or is everybody still going to be paranoid, or you know? But mm. it, it really just feels like. I mean, it's felt this way to me too, and I know for you, David, a little bit as well. Um, but you know, after getting vaccinated, like. It's just all of a sudden now you're just like, I'm going places. <laughs> it's like, I thought I, I, you know, I thought, you know, once I got vaccinated, I would still be very patient. And I have been. I still haven't been doing much. Have I eaten indoors at a couple of restaurants? Yeah, definitely now here and there. But, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to uh, under, overstate, understate. I'm not sure which one, but it's hard to describe the feeling that you actually end up getting after getting vaccinated i was just like wait i can do this now i want to do this you know what i mean it's like it's crazy but yeah no that's the biggest problem obviously redo is the the delta variant is is terrifying right now which well is... the delta variant for people who have not been vaccinated is a big problem if you have been vaccinated it's very effective against the delta variant as well um, i saw but, i saw an article again, that been saying please get vaccinated because this is a, a even more concerning i saw an article that some people who did were vaccinated got the delta variant actually it's well this, you've mean, been able to get yeah. covid the whole time it's just right okay, much, okay it's much less likely and if you get it it's much less likely you're not going to be hospitalized mm -hmm. you're not going to die right yeah, so and, anyway whatever and I, I the vaccine is good we all agree with this 
I still haven't so, stopped wearing a mask. Let's put it that way. No, so. dude. I'm. I went to the grocery store yesterday. I wore a mask. Right. Exactly. Uh, I'm. I am not. I am not entirely abandoning that stuff. Mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. that continues to be important. However, if you are vaccinated, you don't have that much to personally fear, but you also don't want to transmit it. Right. There's still reasons to wear a mask. Right. Right. Anyway, um, it. I mean, we mentioned this when, when we were talking about the vaccine, even even early on, when my wife got it, you know, I, I teared up, man. That was it's a big moment. It was absolutely a, a big moment for us. Hmm. And now that now that we have stewed on that for a couple of months, um, yeah, we've been doing stuff. We've been traveling around and I haven't I didn't get a spot in CEO, but Brock did. I know a ton of people who have. Uh, I like I said, I went to an in-person thing. This is happening at this point. I, I want to recognize that we have a particularly lucky situation in the US. And I know that this is not true for much of the world. We have a much more accessible vaccine <laughs> vaccination program than most of the world. So for most yeah. people in the world, it is not true that like things are over. Like every time we have this conversation, I see somebody new and I'm and the it's the same thing every time. How was your last year? It was ass. How was yours? Yeah, we were stayed inside <laughs> the whole time. And then it's like, okay, how do you describe the period that we're in now? It's not it's post COVID kind of, but it's not at the same time. Right. It's absolutely yeah, it's not, not for most of the world. So we I do want to recognize that. But in specifically the US and a few other countries, we're getting to this point now. CEO shows it, Summer Jam shows it, Xanadu shows it. You know what? Where we are we are moving on. We are in pandemic hyper fighting right now. That's the phase that we're in right now, basically. <laughs> we are in the pandemic, it's, but it is a modified version of fighting it's it right better, now. It's better and faster? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's almost like... Maybe it's super where it's slowing down. <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy. Uh, anyway, please get it. This is, this is big news. I mean, what... what now that we have, in fact, seen that this is this is happening, CEOs full, summer jam close to it, yada yada. How do you guys feel about how the rest of events in North America are going to be going? In the U.S., are going to be going? They're going to blow up the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's everybody wants to get out and do things. Like you said, it's not shocking. It's not surprising that that's what's happening. Um, I'm still watching numbers, though. I said that I would feel safe when. U.S. daily new cases was between 10 and 15K on average per day for a week. And we've been there for now, and it's still dropping. Um, however, with the Delta variant such and so forth, I'm still waiting. I, I, I registered for CEO planning to go, but if numbers skyrocket again, I'm not going to go. Like, that would just be foolish. Uh, so I'm still very much... Um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic you know like Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. i'm 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 expecting the best but i also know that may not be what happens so i'm just taking my time yeah to be honest that is part of why i didn't register for ceo Uh, i feel like that's that's really far out to be thinking about i would feel more comfortable and this has surprised me maybe but i'd feel more comfortable going to summer jam because it's sooner you know i mean (laughs) a few months ago i wouldn't have i would have had the opposite viewpoint but but now I feel like I can plan for now. I know what right. I have a good oh, guess right. about how things yeah. are going to okay. be going okay. next week, next mm-hmm. month, right? In six months, uh, yeah, probably things are going to be fine. 
But who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Knock on wood, dude. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I mean, I, I definitely wanted to go to CEO. Like I said, when it first came out, when they first announced it, I was like, yeah, I probably won't go. But then the like, as the seconds even ticked by, I was kind of like, I kind of want to go. <laughs> Uh, uh, even if I didn't play anything, like I kind of wanted to go, but uh, I'm most likely not going to end up going to CEO because obviously I didn't get a registration anyway. So, uh, Well, here's the, the fun thing about that. On mm-hmm. Twitter, Jabali let TK Breezy know he was a goof because if you're a commentator, you apply for commentary and then you get a badge to go in the venue. Oh, you really? doinks. Oh, okay. You so, doinks. Come uh, on, guys. I, I, Use your I, brains okay. here. Hey, hang on. I thought that Jabali made it specific that you had to even register even if you were applying for... I've applied for commentary. So if that gives me a badge and I get the role, then I'll see if I can find my way out there still for sure, so... When was the last time either of us paid for registration at an event, James? <laughs> I thought it Think was about different. It, man. I thought it was different this time. I, I honestly did. Because okay, he was enough, saying he was saying basically, yeah, if you want to apply for commentary, you have to make sure you're gonna be there. You have to travel, you have to provide your own stuff. So I thought that also included you also have to register for the event yourself as well. So that was just my no, natural no, assumption. But if that's not the case, then I'm I'm still in there, baby. I'm still in there. All right. Well, I know you may be in there. Definitely Tubbleware's in there. However, some top players are not in there. Some top players did not register in time. Sucks mm-hmm. to suck. Does it? Does it? Let, let it me does. know what you think about the following statement. Hope they just start letting top players do early, early registration. I know it's top player privilege or whatever, but I'd rather see MKLeo and Light go to CEO, for example, rather than two dudes who are going to go 0 and 2 and ask top players for pictures only after they lose. That's from Mars, a top Smash player. Uh, other players, not just in Smash, but also um, other FGC players, basically replied like, yeah. Or definitely, more or less. Now, a lot of other people said the opposite. A lot to be clear. Like, this is not like some consensus view. <laughs> what do you guys think about this statement? Panda Global, get your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wrangle him in. What a, what a terrible take. What an awful, stupid, dumb, whatever you want to call it take. That was, wasn't a hot take. It was just an ill-informed take. Mm. You know, without the Owen Tours... You don't get a paycheck on me. You need those people. You absolutely need those people. So if you're a pro player, you should probably prioritize registering for things on time. Just a thought. Like, especially when you have a manager and a team and all these people to help remind you and support you in doing that. Yikes. If you can't do that on time. I I don't like, man, I got myself up for school since I was like seven years old and I never missed a damn day. Like, if I could do that at 7, as an adult, you can register for your tournament on time. It is their job, right? That That's... Yeah. The, uh, among the other issues here, it's not the only issue. One of the issues here is that it's your job to register for <laughs> tournaments and enter tournaments. That is the gig. Uh, how is it that you didn't do that? Now, yeah, I, for, for, for some of these things, like, if 200 people register for, register for something in two seconds, what are you going to do? Like, you just... it's. 
some things are not plausible, right? Like maybe li right. maybe literally a machine took a second longer to process whatever. Like it's that, okay, fine. Barring that, that's your job and Dude. you didn't do it. And there's well, no that was the second was chance too. The first chance it took yeah, like 12 true. hours for the things to fill up. That's on you. And, and, and here's the other thing too, though. I mean, who is the top player? Hmm. That I mean, like sixteen bit said it, but in the chat. But this is exactly what I was thinking as well. Like, who's the top player, and where's the cutoff? And if you're at the edge of the cutoff, does that suck for you? Like, who gets to decide that? Is it Jabali who just goes, Meh, "You're not a top player. It's too bad." Or is it Jabali? <laughs> like, what? How do you determine this? I mean, obviously, can you can... I say I would watch that stream? I would watch the top <laughs> player Jabali CEO draft stream. Yo, what for if it, sure, dude, would watch that. What if it was top or not, and he's like literally swiping to the side on people? Oh, that's okay. Okay, that would, yo, I would. Okay, I would you, know that. you, know you know what? You know what? You know what? I'm down with it now. Let's do this just so I can have <laughs> Jabali swiping Tinder style on top players basically oh. top or not oh my god terrible. Tell, yes terrible. somebody make that app top <laughs> yeah of course i mean that's that's an obvious problem maybe uh. i slip a fiver told jabali and i go hey buddy remember me when it comes to picking top players or not right like well, why not i think that's that's a, that's a very obvious like root of critique that it's just practically implausible to pick mm. who the top players are there is enough there's enough discussion about how to seed. Like, ask Curly W and everybody else who's involved with seeding. Even that is, like, uh, always onerous, and it's always yes. contentious, let alone being like, you're the top player who gets to join early. Like, that mm -hmm. is just it's impractical for that reason alone. But even more than that, as Tubbo was saying, it's the people who go 0 and 2, who make up yeah. the bulk of the tournament, who... Uh, frankly, I'm more concerned with in many ways. I, I yeah. mean, my general view, as I said on Twitter, is that top players, but like every other role, are basically interchangeable people in a substantial way. Like, people who are top players today won't be top players tomorrow in every case. And in many cases, the people who are currently 0-2 in some places, they will be the new top players in right. the future. Things are always... It's always changing around. And... and, and 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 you just you don't know when that's going to change. The same is true for people who are zero and two. These things are constantly in flux, and and you need to have each one of these roles. Well, I guess, who knows? He needs top players, but top players exist. They definitely do need everybody else at the start, at the tournament to enter, so that their pots are big enough that they can make a gig out of this. That's a huge part of it. There need to be people at the event spectating to make it worthwhile. For example, for the teams to bother employing them or having them as contractors mm -hmm. to fly them out so the eyeballs are on them. Like the, it is those people who make up the bulk of who we should be concerned yeah, and, about. And, and, and I'm not as concerned about top players. And, and the thing, the fact of the matter is, I mean, there's been people who have been arguing that the FGC and Smash should be separated completely just because, you know, they're not the same scene. And, you know, this is kind of one of those, uh, you know, similar situations that kind of argues for, I don't want it to happen. Keep, keep that in mind. I'd rather have them be one scene uh, because I think we could benefit from each other. But the problem is, you know, in the FGC, at least in, in, you know, in our side of things, we've spent most of our lives making sure that the top players don't have any extra benefits. They play in the same 
pools that you do. They have the same access. You know, a while ago, they wanted the VIP rooms just for the top <laughs> players and then to skip <laughs> pools and stuff like that. And we've been against that because we just, we, we everybody has an equal chance, right? You know, Daigo has the same chance as Joe Schmo you know, who ends up at a tournament and it really just comes down to skill that determines everything. And, you know, that's a philosophy that we've prided ourselves in. You know, there's also been talk of, you know, fighting game community should only do exhibitions now, you know, and only do invites and stuff like that. And it's just not the nature of our, of our scene. We've always been about, it's again, it's that arcade culture, right? You put up a quarter, you have your right to play. We may beat you up and laugh at you and try to get you not to come back to our arcade or whatever like that. But if you keep coming back and you eventually start winning, like you always had your right to play. You know, that was just, yeah. that's the way it always is in the arcade culture. You always had your right to play, whether you were Alex Vibe putting up the token or dude visiting from out of town and didn't know what you were getting yourself into putting up a token. You know what I mean? That's, that's the way it's always been. Yeah, I feel that, again, top players are basically fungible and replaceable. And they just, while I like many of them, I don't think that they have their their individual, like, power or whatever is not very great. Um, there's a few exceptions to that. Like, I think, like, Daigo is an exception. Like, but there's, like, only a handful. The Smash scene has, obviously, some of its own. There... There are, are some exceptions to that I think where there there sort of is like a personality that matters to people and then sort of matters more than just like watching them play. For most people, though, it's not really what that's about. Again, I think that's true for most roles. I, that's true for my role, I think. I think as a commentator, I think that's true. In right. again, some exceptions, usually not exceptions. Um, so I, I do not want to like build policy uh, <laughs> around uh, people who, who have that take. Um, yeah, I know, you know pe people in the, people in the chat are, are sort of bringing some of this up, but as far as you know, should somebody who is basically coming as a tourist, you know, who knows, they're they're they enjoy playing Smash, they like watching Smash, but like they're really going to CEO because it's like it's Florida. Maybe I'll right. meet some people. Maybe I'll have fun. Like that's why, and not so much that they're trying to win the event. But that's the case for if there's a 500 person bracket, 460 people, right? There's whatever, whatever number, something like that. Almost nobody who goes has a realistic expectation of winning. That's just a, honestly a handful of people. Yeah. And if instead just a handful of people went, there'd be no money in this at all. So that yeah. you just you just can't build policy or tournament structure or whatever around that kind of desire. This doesn't make any sense. It's not even like a defensible ideological position. I don't know. Maybe you're just somebody who really cares about hierarchy or whatever. What the it's, hell? It, I just, don't, Hang I just on. don't think that there's anything in there. Hang on. Yeah. Shout outs to the entire Justin Wong crew over here with the 1,141 man raid over here. Okay, nice. Hi, everybody. Thanks a lot to Justin Wong. So here's what I would say. I was just saying, Justin, that I think that many top players are basically replaceable. You, you are... <laughs> One. And that's true. I would have said that even beforehand. Uh, <laughs> that that's but that is but that is again. I think that's the. Well, look. Here's the thing, right? I mean, I want to. Stole no kami from you. 
Good. I guess. Hold that. Hold Look, that L, Justin. We're going to have no Kami on just a little bit. Look, I just want to talk about one thing that people in the chat were mentioning about, though, is like, obviously, it's better for the streamers to have the, the, the bigger players there, right? So that you have better. But the thing about it is you're going to sure, have sure. a lot. Of, you're going to have a lot of the great players at the events, and it already skews to the known players as well. But at the same time, you know, isn't it exciting when you see that newer player that you haven't heard of showed up, especially in this day and age with all the lockdown and the COVID we've had and Strive having amazing netcode? Lost Soul showed up to his first CEO tournament and got like top three he might have even won the tournament i don't even remember but he was an online exert player you know right, and exert play online exert player poor man was suffering out there and uh <laughs> he came in ceo and he won and i was like who's this guy and da, da, da. and now now he's like basically one of the best players that's exciting in a lot of ways sure you want to see the players that you know and stuff, but the chance to have a new person, a new face show show off, I think that's fantastic. You know, let's let's have the room for the lesser known players and show up. I mean, look, with, without hyperbole, everybody is important, right? We do need to have the top players who are bringing in the eyeballs. Right. Obviously, that's and, and and hang on we a do second. We need to have the top players who are. Hang on a second. I want to repeat what Curly W said in the stream because Curly W obviously knows this, knows a lot of this more than anyone else. He says stream viewer numbers for offline open events are almost unaffected by who is in attendance. So there you wow. go. That is that is straight from one of the people who is in charge of this stuff. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. But continue, David. Sorry, I just wanted to read that one out loud because I thought that was important. So. Okay. All right. Well, again, I mean, I, I do think that having top players there is important. Same with everybody else, though. Same with the players who go 0-2. Same with the people who are striving to go from being somebody who just attends Private. tournaments to winning. Like, these are all, yeah, those are all, <laughs> those are all important roles. I mean, I, again, my preference is to make sure that if I'm catering to anybody, it's like the bulk of people. It's like mo more people. And so I would not want to have some system designed <laughs> for top players exclusively for sure at open events uh and it's funny. But yeah i mean maybe i don't know i guess maybe considering that information from curly they're maybe not as important right. as i was just and, and you know what the funny thing uh, is you know you were making the example of waking up at seven in the morning to go to school every single every single morning tubo justin just posted the chat he says listen i just register early every single time that's all you gotta do and, uh, he was also the guy that showed up to all of his morning pools at Evo and never complained about it too. So you know, just that's just be responsible, dude. Just do it. <laughs> he is a mensch. There's no doubt about it, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Anything else to say about designing? Look, we we've often had similar discussions, and it's good to have invitationals. Everybody likes invitationals. Yes. Those are fun to watch. They're fun. I'm sure they're fun to play in. That's important. I like that. And I wouldn't want to not have those. But also, let's continue to have regular open brackets. Like, we need both, and they both should be there. And we, I feel like, honestly, we have been doing a pretty good job at having both pre-COVID, right? At this point, it's a little bit different story. But pre-COVID, I felt like we were doing a good job at having both of those things. Yep. Yeah. And as Curly, Curly W says, just to kind of t top this off, the channel for the top, 
top eight stream affects viewership more than who is playing in it. And this is something that I have noticed that event viewership usually is based more on the channel more than anything else. Cause a lot of the times Makes like sense. we'll go to, you know, before when we've gone to like game over or we go to, you know, an event in Puerto Rico, you know, or, or the Dominican Republic and they've just got the most ridiculous players there. The channel is not team spooky. The channel is not CEO gaming. And so you only just get a few hundred views, maybe a thousand, maybe 2000 views. It, it, it's crazy how hard it is. You know, the players aren't the ones that are necessarily pulling people in there. That's just not how Twitch functions, really. You know what I mean? Like for an NBA finals, you know, you want to see, you know, you know, Magic versus Bird, Jordan versus, you know, uh, you know, you want to see the, the, the big names in there because that's how TV works, but that's just not how Twitch works, unfortunately. Well, as a hockey fan, I can tell you that there's a significant difference if, like, you know, tiny channel that's inaccessible to most people is carrying the Stanley Cup Finals versus, like, if it's on NBC. Like, there is right. the, the yeah, channel matters true, a lot. That's true. That's true. That's true. Hmm, I'm actually getting All fuzzy right. David here, but. I have I'm... died and. I don't no, know I'm why back. it's fuzzy. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Man. All right. Anything else to say on this one? Nope. On to the next thing. I mean, on big, to big, the next thing. Big Four Lil says, look at Intel earlier today. Almost all NLBC, barely 1.5 viewers average. So there you go. Top level talent, top level commentators, top level players, and not that many people. So there you go. But also, yeah, Intel's done that, a really bad job at letting people know when and where to watch stuff. I honestly do so. agree with that. <laughs> but uh, I will also say that I think this the idea of like people being kind of like fungible and replaceable sort of and not bringing in that many actual eyeballs is also kind of true for commentators, to be honest. Like, yeah. We don't – we add a little bit, but uh... – Except for me, I'm the best. You're the best, so it's a little bit. Of a <laughs> I'm already, yeah, a little I'm different. already clearly on the way out here because I'm super old at this point. So. <laughs> Bro, all three of us are old. There's not all a right. young man on this show. We move on. Let's talk about this event that happened over the past weekend, which was super fun. We talked about it last time on the show. We had Apology Man on here, and he was talking up the fact that this was going to be this weekend. Yeah, and in fact. Then it happened. So it was Apology Man presents the North America versus Japan Guilty Gear Strive 10v10 exhibition. And it had a very, very strong list of players. Let me tell you who the two teams were. North America, Sonic Fox, Apology Man, Justin Wong, Kizzy K, Hook Gang God, Deb, Lord Knight, Nokami, Lost Soul, and Kid Viper. And then on Japan's side, Goichi, Dogura, Kazunoko, Nage, FAB, Summit, Samito, uh, Tomo, Nakamura, Domi, and Koichi. So these are on in obviously both sides players who have had a lot of success in other games, Guilty Gear and other games, and some of the best known players in both regions. Um, some some extremely strong players who maybe like aren't the most famous as well, but all but are also super right. good at the game. So I thought it was a really good mix of players, and it was cool too because uh, before we get to the actual results, uh, the character selection was really interesting. I thought that was a lot of fun to watch. So here's the list of characters. There were three Fausts, three Milias, 
three chips and three anjis. There was <laughs> two two zatos, two leos, one soul, one kai, one mei, and one potemkin, which means that there were not any geos, enos, nagos, rams, or axles. Yeah, we definitely know who was using the soul, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's what happened. Well, <laughs> Japan. Well, so, okay, so it was it was a ten v ten Waseda style. So rather than having one player who plays until they lose, and maybe they just like dominate the entire other right. team, it's each player one number one plays against player number one, player two plays versus player two, all the way down the line. So you actually get to see everybody who. Plays in it. How did teams determine what order they were putting their players on in? That was uh, at the moment. That was at the moment. It wasn't in advance. So in each case, the teams did not necessarily know who was coming up next, and neither did the commentators. They were just yeah. kind of being like, well, they were apparently uh, paying attention to their Discord, <laughs> and in the Discord, according to Sejam and Apology Man, who were doing the commentary, uh, they could see the players just being like, well... On the, on the NA side, well, who wants to go up next? Or like, hey, <laughs> any, anybody here? Like, who's coming up? And then on the Japan side, they said that everybody was in a in a call, in a constant conversation, talking it up, trying to plan it out. Yeah, it was just very different philosophies. I so mean, obviously, it's just nothing on the line. It's just fun stuff. I mean, even yeah. after the loop finished, I think the second round, they could send up whoever they wanted. I don't think that they were even fixed mm. to send them back in the same order, if I'm not... Uh, mistaken so uh, yeah it wasn't super super like strict or anything like that but that's fine yeah right that's fine yeah so, of course again it's yeah amazing that we could even have a japan versus na <laughs> right? online event like amazing. Dude, it's ridiculous i mean what th- uh, yeah there was obviously some issues there was definitely rollback you could even see it from the viewer side lord knight said that chip literally disappeared from his view at one point in time i have the fun and feeling he probably went find me and then it rolled back and forgot to redraw yeah. him <laughs> and so chip was Correct. literally missing <laughs> so uh Can't find him oops yeah. Uh, so obviously issues that uh obviously uh, arxis needs to work out because that's a bug that is not a feature. <laughs> but also, like, fundamentally, it's Japan to not even just, like, west coast of NA, but to, like, yeah, Lord, the Lord, northeast of Yeah, NA, Lord like, Knight is New Yorkish area, right? So It's all over. Yeah. Uh, all right, here's what happened. So in round number one, Japan, each Japanese player beat each NA player that they played against, with the exception that Deb beat Nakamura and Nokami beat Dogura. Yeah, in a Zato mirror match, nonetheless, Zato too. Mirror, yeah, for sure. Zato mirror. And Deb was the soul that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And then in round number two, uh, Deb beat Domi, and then Nage beat Nokami, and then Deb beat Koichi, and then Deb beat Tomo, and then FAB finally closed it out by beating Deb. In right. Switch. Japan won. <laughs> Ten to five overall, I guess is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, anyway, it was a lot of fun to watch. What do you guys think? Uh, MVP of U.S. is from Canada. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't USA versus Japan. It was NA versus right, Japan. Right. North America. Get it right. Mm-hmm. Get it right. And Deb. My I thoughts mean, are I haven't gotten to see it yet. The girlfriend was over, so. You're real life and stuff. We were watching Shh. not that. Okay. I, I would have preferred to watch that, but, you know. 
You haven't you haven't converted her fully into FGC yet, or <laughs> no, no, I never will. That's that's definitely not going to be her thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean to be honest, same for me, and it's been like nine years. But that's you know, yeah. fine as long as they're supporting us, which is mm-hmm. all that really matters. Um, yep. I did watch it. I thought it was awesome. I didn't watch it at the time because I too was doing real life stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I went out. We went to a friend's house and ate dinner inside. Inside. Oh, Incredible. God. It was actually amazing. I, Ooh, I, I actually, I restreamed the event and I got to admit, like I, I, I asked uh, Apology Man if I could restream it as a beginner event. Yeah. And to be honest with you, like uh, I spent so much time like answering questions and talking, like I, I kind of procured, like half watched a lot of the matches because I was explaining, but I mean, to be fair, a lot of the matches were super close, right? A lot of the matches were yes, the, the U.S. player or the N.A. player won the first game and then the other player had to make the comeback after two yeah. games, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know. 3-0, close though. Yeah. I did, I did watch the entire thing the next morning. Okay, right? So okay. to be clear, I definitely did watch all of it and I thought it was a lot of fun. Also, I want to say shout-outs to Apology Man, who um, I was giving – commentary lessons a couple of times and i thought he did really nicely cool. yeah, i was yeah. actually gonna i was gonna ask how you thought he did i thought it was great yeah he i knew definitely the, i knew the dealio there he was he was, let me tell you he was taking it seriously and he was definitely working on it like he Good. was he was watching over the like lessons that we did and he was practicing with other friends and he <laughs> was uh watching other events to like understand how other people commentate like he really put time into it I don't yeah, think it's before, something that he wants to do long term, but he was he was really invested in making this good. Before he came on the show, he was telling me how he's like, I just don't want to look stupid. Right. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. David will help you with that. Yeah, I think yeah, he'll take no, care I of that. He looked stupid. I thought it was great. But yeah, you're right, James, that the matches were all almost all close for sure. Mm-hmm. And and even where they weren't, I thought it was really cool. I definitely saw some stuff that I hadn't seen before. Uh, some ways of playing. Again, we talked about the characters. I didn't expect there to be that many Anjis. That was a surprise to me. There were three Fausts. I thought that was interesting. Dude. And what was cool too is that even even watching like Nage Faust, Nage Faust was sick. Dude. That dude was do, was doing a bunch of cool stuff. Dude. And I, I, I tell a, I tell appa- people. apparently he's up playing the character on Twitter and stuff. It's super cool as opposed to Hero, where a lot of us think that Faust is not very good. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked about what makes Nage so good with Faust is that, you know, when he tosses the item, you can see what it is. And Nage literally just sits there and practices each item in every situation. If I toss this, this is my plan. If I toss this, like, he, you can see it in Exert. Like, if he tosses the gravity well and then tosses something else, he knows what to do with the two items combined and stuff like that. Like, that's what makes Nage Faust amazing and... Uh, Faust, the more I watch of him, the more I do believe he has a lot of potential. It's very similar to Anji. A lot of the people who are having trouble with Anji are former Anji players. And then you get people who are like Lost Soul, who's never played XX, or at least not as seriously as Exerd. He's using Anji and doing different things, you know, going into it with a fresher mindset. And Lost Soul is doing fantastic with Anji, uh, honestly. Yeah, it's yeah true. It's... I think there's a lot of examples of that. Mm-hmm. Go on. I was going to say, it's weird how when sometimes they make a new game, not everything translates from the old game because it's a new game. No, <laughs> I okay, don't know, man. Okay, look, me from to, Street Fighter, like, it just... Right. To be fair, 
To be fair, Guilty Gear has never had that happen to them, right? Fausts have been doing oh, faultless Thank defensive goodness, cancel. I love this damn game. Look, faultless defense into jump age, faultless de- like they've been doing all that stuff for decade. Okay, literally a decade, more than a decade. And so, to be fair, it is harder coming from that background, especially if you haven't played other, especially if you're not a Street Fighter player, where every game is just a complete. Like, yeah, well, you know, I'm sure like horse and carriage buggy drivers were real pissed off when automobiles became popular, but shit changes. <laughs> Move with the times, were. old men. It never they changed before were. for Guilty Gear. That's just the thing. I, right? do, so, I do recall that when Exit first came out, there were a lot of people who weren't super stoked about whatever changes they had. Well, they hated like the well, Roman though. cancel system and such for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it's, again, I'm no gear expert, but I do recall people talking about right. that. Right. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Shoutouts to Deb. Deb killed it. She was, uh, dude, just knocking it out of the park. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, that yeah. is dope. I need to go back and watch it. Uh, and definitely, you know, showed a lot of the power that Soul has. And um, I'm yeah, I'm really surprised there was only one Soul in that tournament. But you know, with with the lineup there, a lot of them I felt like were. Uh, character loyalists, right? And so, in past Guilty Gear, like, someone actually tweeted out at one point, is like, well, what do you expect? Soul is always, like, broken. And that's not actually true. <laughs> Soul has been mid a lot of the times, and so a lot of these top players who were invited to this probably weren't previous Soul players before, right? So, uh, we don't have, we, we just didn't have, a lot of them were character loyalists. You know, they are playing the character that they uh, used to play. FAP still playing Potemkin, Nage still playing Faust, etc., etc. So. And FAB looking pretty sick, to be honest. But Dude. I guess no surprise there. Dude. Do you oh, think that God. this event has much to say about, like, the parody or not between. NA in Japan is is this something that you could sort of learn a lesson from as far as like what no. seems good or not? Look, buddy, no. look, no. buddy, look, but I already learned my lesson on that. Okay, look, I made a comment about that, and I definitely got attacked for it. Uh, I mean, I think uh, what what makes me sad about this is that look, as a old school head, okay, when it comes to team tournaments, we took team tournaments very seriously. You know, when it was NorCal versus SoCal, when it was East Coast versus West Coast, there was a lot of seriousness. I didn't hear about what you said, Sage M and Apology Man were saying that, like, Japan was literally all on a call and, like, discussing things. And NA's like, who's here? Who wants to play? You know, these kind of things, you know. And, yeah, it's an exhibition. It's a 10v10. It's fun and everything like that. But... You like to make early statements. That's all. That's all it really comes down to, I think. And, you know, it is an exhibition. I don't see why it even matters. I feel like it's about how you finish, not how you start. Yeah, absolutely. We're only, only, what, 18 days into this game? I I I don't need to watch it. I learned nothing from who won and who lost. Like... Absolutely. Let's talk about it two years from now when people really know the game. Absolutely, but that's still not the point. It's the point is you wanna you wanna send a message early in rivalries. See, again, I'm talking super old school. Rivalries mean everything to me because I feel like rivalries are uh, are one of the strongest lifebloods of the FGC. 
SoCal got as good as it did because it had the rivalry with NorCal. West Coast got as good as it did because it had the rivalry with East Coast. East Coast got as good as it did because it had the rivalry with West Coast. U.S. got as good as it did because it had the rivalry with Japan. Like, I feel like rivalries... These team tournament rivalries are super important. That's just how I feel about rivalries. So, you know, obviously I'm going to make a comment about it because part of me is really sad that it turned out the way it did. You know, yeah, obviously in the long term of things, we'll find out what happens as we keep learning. But like, <laughs> but as an old school player, like you talk to someone like Vae for a game that came out three weeks and they're going into an exhibition. Back then, Vavi's like, there's no way we are fucking losing this exhibition. Like, we are sending this message now. Like, that's how we took these kind of exhibitions of the past. Yes, old school mindset, my bad. <laughs> I shouldn't have said what I said because I definitely hurt a lot of people's feelings. And so I'm not, I, I, it's different now. It's People don't view exhibitions and team tournaments that way. That's how I've always viewed it. I have to get with the times, basically. That's what I got to do, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that they were taking it seriously is, is how it seemed. Not that, not that anybody goes into it wanting to lose or anything like that. Mm -hmm. and obviously, they were trying to play well, but I did not get the sense, like, leading up to it or in the event itself that it was, like, super-duper important. And right. that's fine with me. It's, it's totally cool with me. Like, it's, it's a cross. It's around the world. It's like a one side yeah. of the earth to the other side of the earth, first of all. And then, and then second of all, like it's the game's new. People are figuring out characters. I, I really think it's totally fine. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not concerned about it. Yeah, I definitely but... think that there are lots of strong players in NA. And one thing that gives me um, hope for that is that this list of players includes people who are, again, not just like exclusively gear players. You got mm -hmm. players here who have played all sorts of stuff. Many of them have played gear in the past for sure. But there are also people who have been top-level players in everything from, like, Marvel to Street Fighter to NRS games to whatever else. And and so having that kind of, like, mix of talent... You know, I've, we've been talking about this game as the meetup game that many people yeah. from many different teams are playing. That's awesome. And I think that that could lead, and probably will lead, to a lot of strength in the scene. So I'm Ooh, not yeah. like, worried about the future yeah. of Look, NA competing or whatever like that. I... With how strong NA has done in Exerd, doing super well in many tournaments there, beating a lot of Japanese players here. Um, oh, I just being a lot of Japanese players lost soul getting third place at Evo, beating players like Nage and having those players be like, oh my God, he's like surprising them and impressing them how good he was and stuff. You know, with the way that the Strive netcode is, the, U, the the NA players are going to be able to practice with each other. Like, this is probably going to be the closest. If not, we're going to start reaching that parity level uh, with Japan, you know, like Tubo said, in, in a while, you know, for sure. I have no doubts about that. I have no doubts about that. Like I said, again, for me, it's just team tournaments are, we're, for me, they're serious, and when you lose, you talk a lot of shit. Even, like, at bar fights, when U.S. died to East... When West Coast died to East Coast... U.S., that's... California's yeah. idea of the right. U.S., just right. U.S. versus East Coast. When, SoCal, right. when, so, when West Coast died to the East Coast, there were West Coast play people who talked shit to the West Coast players. You know what I mean? Like, it, you, you, you kind of... Teased them about it, 
right? Because you're like, this sucks. And that's literally what inspired Vi to do Shiggle BMX. Like right after that, Vi went to Shiggle BMX because he's like, I can't have West Coast lose the East Coast. And then that's what got him stronger. And the only reason why that happened in the first place is because West Coast got complacent because Sensation flew out Gutex, Mike Ross, and Combo Fiend. And those three beat everybody at Sensation. And so West Coast thought they were so good that they kind of got complacent until Bar Fights too. You know, this is what I mean. The rivalries drive the passion. If it wasn't for that Bar Fights beating, we might not have Wednesday Night Fights. Like literally, <laughs> like literally, <laughs> we may not have Wednesday Night Fights. We certainly wouldn't have Tatsu. We wouldn't have had Warrock. We wouldn't have had Andy OCR. We wouldn't have Shizza, RIP to Shizza. We wouldn't have had Snake Eyes. We wouldn't have had a lot of these people. There would be no Christatarians, nothing. If that domination didn't happen, that's how I view rivalries. Again, why I stated what I did is because that's how important they are to me. That's how important these kind of things are. So that's just. Well, I like I like the point that is made by Necromancy Black in the chat that the region is now the world. Yes, and I think in I think in a way that's true. This sort of rivalries thing that you're talking about has always been expanding. It began as mm -hmm. arcade versus arcade within the same cities. And that's not just <laughs> the case where we're from, but like yeah. many different cities around the world had that. Yeah. And then it was like city versus other city. And then it was region versus other region and country versus other country. And, and now when players, especially on the West Coast, but even in like Tobleware has been playing people in Japan. Yeah. Like that is a practical thing to do. And if you don't know, he lives in the Midwest in North America. Now that that's something that's practical, like you, like your training buddy can be in Japan or wherever almost. And so that's, that's just going to be different. And for Japan, their training buddies can be in Singapore. I heard mm -hmm. somebody say like that is so far away. So each of these people, maybe there's a player in Australia whose training buddy is in Singapore, whose training mm -hmm. buddy is in Japan, who plays with Tubbleware all the time. So that's just a completely different situation than yep. we've ever had before. Yeah, Even games that sure. have fantastic netcode, like Killer Instinct, honestly, didn't have that can't as many that. players. Yeah. Right? And I mean, you, that, you that can't was really issue. do that either. You, right. And, <laughs> like, American fan in that game is rough. No, Ooh, for sure. Is it? Okay. Well, I mean, I have played it against people in Japan, although only a couple of times, and I felt it was fine. But I think, for me, the bigger problem was that there weren't that many people to play in Japan. And in Strive, there's a ton of people to play in Japan. Right, but Strive's right. is even better. The Necco's mm -hmm. even better, as you, mm -hmm. you were saying. So this is new. And it may be that the case that the region is the world now. It may just be no more regionalities or whatever. We're all just on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe is not so bad. Yeah. I mean, in the end, it, there always is that factor. Like I said, there's the U.S. versus Japan. And uh, U.S. will team up to try to beat Japan in many games. But that still doesn't stop the East Coast and West Coast from happening. It still doesn't stop the NorCal from SoCal from happening. And it's still, you know, the rivalries. I've often told people in Texas that, you know, they need to set up leagues between the four major cities like San Antonio versus Austin versus Dallas versus Houston to really try to create this kind of thing. And they could do it with strive now with the, with the net code. Now they don't actually have to travel, you know, and uh, apparently they say they did that. Yeah. Florida versus Texas. Remember that mortal Kombat event, right? Like the, this is what I mean, man. Like I, again, it, it's my bad. It's my fault. 
because I'm coming into this with such an old school mentality, but these region exhibitions to me sometimes matter as much to me as a as an open tournament. You know, the days of Luca and Sanchez just freaking railing on NorCal, you know, at NCRs and SCRs. When we commentated Snake Eyes' epic reverse OCV against NorCal, you know, in Street Fighter 4, I, like I said, it's it's my fault that I still view these exhibitions that way. And I just have to understand that people who didn't grow up in the same era that I did don't see it that way, basically. So, Well, I think the example of the MK11 Texas versus Florida event shows that that's not true, that this is just an old school thing. I think the issue here is just that this is just like not that event. Right. This just wasn't. Yeah. This just wasn't that event. Mm -hmm. Like it was yeah. an online thing that nobody was super, super taking seriously. Mm -hmm. For sure. There will still there will still be team tournaments that matter, but this just like wasn't. Right. It was fun to watch. That was it. Right. All right, all right well, we're all right. way past time. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> oh man. Let's uh, let's right. go to break. Bring on no well, yes. Exactly. We're gonna come back. We're gonna have no commie on here. We're gonna be talking about his background, how he built his stream, guilty or strive. The 10v10 and so forth. We can ask him. We can ask yeah, him. Absolutely. How seriously were you taking this thing? <laughs> the way that he popped off after he beat Dogra, I think we know the answer. So we'll be okay. right back, All guys. Right. We'll be right back. Right, I just muted. wasted that's that right, good time right, for right, no that's reason. Right, that's right, we are. So before I bring on, uh, so no Nokami, uh, I think his uh, Twitter, I think I got it right over here. So let's do this. Um, Professionals. Professionals yeah, here. Exactly. Uh, steps I forgot to do. Ever since I've gone to the new thing, there's a lot more extra steps that I've had to take <laughs> for doing this. And I've just forgotten a lot of it. So... Uh, let's go ahead and do this. All right, we are ready to go. Let's do this. Let's bring on our guest, Mr. Nokami. How you doing, sir? <laughs> How you guys doing? Hey! Welcome Thanks to the show. Welcome us. to the show. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. We wanted to bring you on to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about building your stream and Guilty Gear Strive and how you're liking it and all sorts of stuff like that. But... Let's start by talking about your background. How did you come to the FGC? How did you start taking fighting games seriously? How did that become a big part of your life? Well, I always have been super competitive. I didn't realize it until like my girlfriend sat me down and she was like, yo, you're competing everywhere we go. And that was a couple months ago, but I've always been super competitive. You had an intervention? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Gotta let you know about yourself. Oh, man. I, um, I took part in, like, pretty much everything, whether it be spelling bees or, yeah. or football, basketball. I've always been a sports guy. And around about 2010 and 2011, I started watching fighting games because I saw Evo. Uh, it was Filipino champ um, versus Imprint. It was Filipino champ versus Imprint. <laughs> that was the first time I ever had seen a fighting game being played in the capacity that it was being played. Yo. Magneto, he really pulled me in. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. hyper -grab loop. 
it was incredible. And I went out and I got Marvel Three a couple like a couple weeks later. I saw you guys cast uh, Street Fighter Four, um, David uh, James and uh, uh, Seth Killian. Seth Killian. Yeah. I saw all you guys casting that and Marvel, and that was just really amazing. And you pulled me in. I I saw James crying, and I was like, Yo, they're passionate. I might want to try this and be a part of this. Um, so I, I just was playing and I was learning. It wasn't until like I got into college and I started playing football and then I hurt my leg that I was able to like play games more. I was never able to like take them serious mm -hmm. until then. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into things. I would say taking them seriously, it probably came with Marlon Pie. Marlon Pie bodied me really bad when I picked up <laughs> Guilty Gear um, um, Revelator. I picked up Rev 1, and he he beat me really bad. And I was like, I got to figure out what's going on here. So I started looking into things, and I found a ton of content for the games I was into. And um, it, was, it was all from there. Talk to me more about your experience in college and, and playing sports. Like, what, what happened with that? Okay, so I have always been, like, an athlete. Like I was talking mm -hmm. about earlier, I do track. I um, played basketball in high school. I trained with the baseball team, but they wouldn't let me play every single sport like I wanted <laughs> to. So it, it came to a point where I had to pick something, and I ended up picking football. I signed with Methodists university in mm -hmm. Fayetteville, North Carolina. And during training camp, I ended up hurting my knee. I tore my ACL, MCL. And it was the second time I had done it. Like the first time I was like, you know, two surgeries, we're going to come back from this. The second time they were talking like having multiple upon multiple like surgeries and stuff. And mm. I knew when I, when I like got back healed up, I was like, it's not gonna it doesn't feel the same so i needed something to fill that competitive void mm -hmm. it really it was really important to me because you know doing like normal things just working um coming home maybe cutting the grass spending time with family it's really fulfilling to me but i was always missing that extra that extra thing and that's what playing and, and, the, and the mental warfare and all that that goes into fighting games really, really, really intrigues me. And it, it's, it's something that's really near and dear to my heart. And I appreciate uh, being welcomed by the community and being able to learn them in this capacity. That's interesting. You know, I, I did not play sports at as high a level as you did, but um, I broke a couple of bones playing football and I blew mm -hmm. up my rotator playing uh, hockey and stuff like that and and i felt the same way i felt that at some point there was no more competition in sports for me but i needed the competition right. and i yeah. and i too was this was in college for me as well yes. um i could i couldn't play i couldn't do martial arts anymore for the same reason especially when it was really joint intensive like capoeira that i was doing and yes. so i i had to find something it was that's funny that you had the same kind of thing tubbler also played football right like this is something that i, that I think many of us and i wrestled and i threw shot put yeah. I also threw shot put. Uh, okay. for my my coach made me do it. He made I didn't <laughs> want to, but he was like, "Dude, you're two twenty. You're on. The, you're not going to be winning the hundred meter dash." <laughs> so throw the shot. I, I, yeah, you need to throw the shot. Look. Also, it's funny you mentioned capoeira 
um, David, I'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, I actually trained, got the chance to train uh, with Hoist Gracie a couple times in Greenville, okay. North Carolina, and it was really, really amazing. So, like, seeing that you guys also felt that or feel that need to, to, to per- not not even perform for people, but for you to be yeah. the best you can be, whether it be sports or martial arts, that's really cool that we all share that. You know, it's a really interesting story because on the opposite end of that. As well, do, at Evo 2008-2007 period of time when the FGC was in its dark ages, you know, a lot of players actually started moving to poker. You know, yeah, that's right. when Vissant went to poker, Watson became really into poker. Like Watson, yeah. Because we were missing that same thing. I mean, Randy Liu, who's a really famous poker player, I forgot what his handle is in poker, but like he's super famous. He was a top Marvel 2 player, <laughs> you know? Havad Khan. Havad Khan. Yeah, Havad yeah, Khan, Havad Khan yeah. was yeah, a Marvel Khan, player, yeah. and he made it to the right. to the final table on the World Series of Poker. It's the same thing. We There are those of us that just have to compete. Nanoko, yeah, there you go. Nanoko is who Randy Liu is, yeah. But there, we, ju- we just have to compete, man. <laughs> we have to compete. <laughs> I feel the same way. It's something that, like I said, a couple months ago, I was like, hmm, maybe this is a problem. <laughs> is, there, is there a reason? Like, like I, she was trying to take the trash out. I'm trying to rush and take the trash out before her. I'm like, you're too old for this. Go back, go upstairs, play some ranked matches, get it out of your system. Well, what was it about fighting games in particular that were that made them the next step for you there's any number of video games that you could have played right mm-hmm. fighting games aren't the most popular they're not the biggest mm-hmm. ones what is it about them that made you want to pick them up and and have them be the new competitive thing for you it, it was the one-on-one aspect i've always played team mm-hmm. sports always i've never like um i never wrestle which you're on a team but it's a one-on-one interaction right, right. I, I i never no tennis um, boxing no tennis anything like that so yeah. There came a point, and I was mostly not not trying to brag. I usually ended up being like captains of my team. Maybe not because I was the best player, but because I was really bossy, you know, uh, coming up. So, it, it when with fighting games, and when I compared them to shooters, I saw that it was uh, more of a you get in what you put in. So, I wouldn't have to worry about hey man, my bot lane is met really messed up or my jungler right. is doing a bad job today i i liked having it all on me mm. I, and i liked the conversation aspect of a fighting game i feel yeah. like whenever we sit and we're playing someone anytime you're having some sort of conversation and that's why i used to think that this is funny i used to think that there was a specific way to play and i do think there's an optimal way but the conversation aspect of it, it really has gotten me to see that people view these games different ways. They approach them different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just the way that they approach them with X character is what you're dealing with. So it's really made it even more of an amazing experience yeah. looking at them that way. Yeah, I've often, you know, trying to when I try to teach people fighting games, I often tell them it's two people telling stories 
It's just that both of you are trying to lie to each other the whole time. It's like, you know, when you're arguing with your brother, like, I have this power. Well, actually, I have this power that beats that power. But actually, my character has this, you know, like, that's basically what fighting games are. And it's like so good. Yes. And I didn't look at it that way. I saw two things. I saw you actually explain it. And this is why, like, you guys, I'm, I, I just turned 24. I've been watching fighting game content since, like, 2011. So 10 years. I was around 14, 13, 14 when I started watching. You guys <laughs> have had, like, an, that much of an, uh, a reach. I didn't think of games as conversations until I heard James say it in a documentary mm. that I watched on the bus on the way to a football game. <laughs> so like that was really important. I didn't look at characters as extensions of your thought process and how you play until I saw Daigo talk about it in an interview. Mm -hmm. So these things really, really mattered and you guys really mattered to my growth too. So like, I, I just appreciate everyone being as available as they were too, um, thinking of it because, you know, y'all didn't have to do that. So I, I wanted to say that if I ever got a chance to get on the show and talk to you guys, because that was a huge part. You, you, without me hearing <laughs> these things, I, I'm still being pissed off at someone who DP'd me, you know? <laughs> right, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it takes that. Thanks, dude. I really appreciate that. Very nice of you to say. So, well... When, when, Oh, go ahead, David. So I was no, about you, to say, well, I was going to say, I was going to say, so, you know, you said that, but now, now that I've, you know, made the, the Guilty Gear community mad at me here, what do you think of me now, no Kami? <laughs> See, that's the question, right? That's the question. <laughs> I, 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 I really, like, with the 10v10, I think that it was a really good way of showcasing high-level gameplay mm -hmm. from both sides of the world. I don't think, to be honest with you, James, I don't even think you said anything like that, that super crazy. It's, it's just that sometimes, like, with it being the social media age, like, someone might say, oh, man, USA got body, all right? And then it's like it comes back on the players or in their stream chats or in wherever, mm -hmm. and now they're dealing with trolls or et cetera, et cetera. Right. And sometimes it it, 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 it feels like picking. Mm -hmm. But like I said, what you said wasn't even like that bad. I, I, I come from the <laughs> sports age, so I know that like sometimes ribbing, it is there to get you better. And I, I mean, I, I won my match, so I didn't think you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't personal for you. Uh, so you look, you're you're 24. Um, you know, honestly, you're at a younger age than many other people who are who get strong at fighting games. I mean, people younger than you do as well, but you're you're certainly not on the on the older side. How do you feel? Uh, or or maybe let me put it like this. What do you feel allowed you to become a strong player as relatively quickly as you did? Um, I, I feel like the main thing I had, first of all, I had really great teachers. I did. And that's mm -hmm. why I think when you get, you know, a lot of the, the great content creators and stuff you have for these games and this whole new age we're entering, uh, with FGC content creation, I think it's a really great thing because um, I learned from people 
uh, just reaching out to them. And it, I feel like it even took me a bit longer than it would have. But I've had people uh, like Evo champions, all types of people invest in me. Um, but before that, it was like, I, I feel like the biggest thing that led to my own improvement or to whatever level I am now was just attacking or approaching fighting games as uh, uh, approaching them, I, I've always felt like I have the keys to my success. Mm -hmm. So whether or not mm -hmm. I win or lose, it's not up to the other person so much as it to me executing. So when things would happen in matches, or let's say I play I play Kazunoko and uh, um, for top eight, uh, Guilty Gear Xer 2018. We and him played to get uh, an early match, and I got sent to losers, and he DP'd me like six times in a row. And Kazunoko. that's, I mean, that's, that's what he does. That's what he does. But instead of like looking at it, I see a lot of newer players. They look at it like, oh man, this is scrubby play. Instead, I, I really looked at it and, and break down the scenarios. And I try to be better in those instances every single time. So it's just, for me, I think has just been a lot of sitting back and like humbling myself and knowing that I'm not that great. So if something negative happens in a match, not, and not to say that I'm weak, I, I'm, I'm not almighty. Like I'm going to lose matches. I'm going to lose interactions. When those things happen, I choose to say, I just lost that interaction. How can I be better? Mm -hmm. Not my opponent did something scrubby or, or <laughs> right. why did this happen? The game is random. So I think that mindset and like, the perseverance and determination that like sports taught me because like sure. when you got to make that free throw for your team or you lose the game that's a lot of pressure so i feel like having to do that constantly also might have aided me um when entering fighting games but mm -hmm. i would say it's those three things the teachers um big shout outs to my first sensei lanama excuse me lanimal um common sense rico suave has helped me a ton marlon pie kizzy per perfect legend sonic fox all these people have like gave me amazing advice when entering these games so my teachers the mindset and just coming from that sports background yeah sure those are all really good folks to have in your corner no, no doubt about it yeah they all are so great like i i, I really think i'm blessed to have been able to meet such strong players and have great interactions with them because I've always exited them, you know, leaving with a friend or a great training partner, acquaintance. Lord Knight, also another one. Yeah. It's just, it's really nice. So you have uh, built a nice stream presence for yourself. And I'm curious if you could talk about how you went about doing that. What were the strategies if any that you used for that what, how, what was your what mindset david is saying is how do we get famous on twitch fast give us <laughs> this right now we need the tech we need the tech i i mean not, i'm gonna be honest it kind of didn't happen on purpose we haven't had online excuse me offline for an extended period of time now right. so there tends to be a lot of trash talk going between regions always always so rather than continue to like talk trash and stuff like that i started like 
hey, we can just play a set. And then I start, like, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, what would be something funny to say? And I'm like, let's play inside of the dungeon. We're, I, I just booted up Skyrim like 30 <laughs> minutes ago. I finished. And I'm like, hey, this, this reminds me of that. And it became something really, really, really trailblazing because it, it was super fun. Um, I, I think the biggest part to like growing a Twitch audience, especially in a pandemic, especially when everyone is like looking for somewhere chill to be or somewhere fun or happy to be, it's just having a great time when you're on stream. I, I always, always when I'm playing any game now, I, I really want anyone watching to know that, hey, I'm here to leave you with a good time and for you to go out, you know, being like, hey, this pandemic's not so bad because I got to watch No Comments channel. Uh, so <laughs> that was a big thing, too. Uh, but the, the, a lot of it was random, guys. Like, Bardock <laughs> B, that, that was random. <laughs> like, I just said that one day and it really grew. Um, Hook Game God, he's, he's a big part of it, too. People would always uh, yeah. ask me, they would always ask me to play Hook. And I got sick of it, James. I'm like, guys, <laughs> he only plays at 1 a.m. Like, I'm not waiting all night I can't do for it. this. I'm like, why don't you play this guy who is asking me to play hook and stay up uh -huh. until 1 a.m.? So I that I, I feel like all like it was a, like a melting pot of you kind of kind of random, but also kind of the success that came from a guy just really having fun, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so, it sounds like you, you built it off a love of the games you're playing yeah, and memes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so in other that's, words, that's this... a good way to go about it, I guess. It, it, so it was just no offline, so I'm like, I'm, I'm like, man, this is getting ridiculous. This guy has been calling me out for like 30 <laughs> weeks and I can't play him, or, but I can, you know? So right. it, that was something that was really, really fun. And it's Dragon Ball Fighters, Guilty Gear Strive. Um, I dabble in Naruto occasionally. Um, all these games, anything where I can see, like, people's minds working. Like, I could get pretty excited from watching chess, too. Um, so I, I think that all leads into it. Right. Well, I appreciate you bringing up the fact that you think that it's somewhat random. Because yeah. I think that that's basically true as well yeah, i mean not exactly. not in your specific instance necessarily but i think that's true in a lot of people's success oh, yeah. on twitch like there is a there is mm -hmm. a luck factor to it and in my experience it's not often that people bring that up as like one of the reasons so i i do appreciate you, you talking <laughs> about that as well yes now yes uh, I, oh go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say it's it gotta be luck when you know your clip gets in the the right hands or whatever person and they share it and then someone else you never know what's going to happen i right. mean like you're you're working hard on it you're a really fun person to watch like it's i don't want to describe it as like it's just luck like, <laughs> right right, yeah, right. No, you're you're a fantastic streamer it's yeah, very yeah, yeah, entertaining yeah, yeah. stuff for sure no i'm here to say that you just got pure luck man there's no <laughs> count no, <laughs> no but rng rng you're basically faust is just throwing items out right now you know so um, 
No, but I mean, you know, speaking of obviously in 10v10, right now the hot thing is Guilty Gear Strive. You are obviously yes. one of the strongest players in Dragon Ball and such like that. How do you feel about Strive right now? What's your take mm. on the game? Especially, you did play Exert. How do you feel about mm. Strive compared to Exert, etc., etc.? Thank you so much for asking me about Strive. I <laughs> Strive is... There hasn't been a game in the past four, five, six, seven years that has came out and I've been like, this is the game. This game is fun, competitive, it checks every single box. And I feel like, I feel like Strive is checking all those boxes. It is the game! I I haven't felt this happy about a game since Ultimate Marvel 3. Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask, what what was the last game that gave you this feeling? Hmm, Tekken Tag 2. My friend was my... Tekken Tag 2. I learned Kazuya, I learned Kazuya, Raven, and then I started later, like in 2016, I started playing Kunimitsu and started dabbling with Nina and stuff. But Tekken Tag 2, I I love Tekken, I love KOF 13, I love Third Strike. Those are my three favorite fighting games. And now Guilty Gear Strive is in there too. But Tekken Tag 2 was really big for me. I like seeing JDCR and Nii play was the most amazing thing to this day. Well, no, Reino taking on the entire world and winning EVO. Yeah. That's probably the most most amazing thing Uh, I've ever seen. But yeah, that game, definitely. But Strive is crazy. Like, their decisions to take away air techs, the way they've handled wall breaks and minimizing set play, but still leaving setups in, or it's it's a lot uh, more akin to third strike. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Chun-Li will get that really cheap safe jump if you spin the meter. Kim will get that safe jump if you spin the meter. So I think that's really cool. Uh, rollback, right. of course, is... Thank you. Say, say jam, thank you so much. <laughs> Bye, guys. Jam. A kiss. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I, like, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, I, I've been thinking about fighting games for the longest time, and I compare them to League and shooters, and I'm like, why are these games so popular? They're easier, but you can also play with everyone. And for yeah. fighting games for the longest time, like, not being able to play with someone a state away, as it, it was really detrimental. Sometimes in the same city. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes on the same street, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, having well-implemented rollback is just fantastic. The, me and Kazunoko, uh, we talk infrequently. I, I keep, like... I, I keep a relationship kind of Ogawa and Kazunoko, who the people right. or the JP players I talk to like on a regular basis, will DM Kaz and be like, hmm, and I'll be like, yeah, and you know, <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll we'll chat for a bit. Um, and seeing like well, I asked him when Strive came out, I, he got back to me like two days later, or um, I think he has a I think he has a manager that types for him now, but that's not my business. <laughs> Um, but he got back to me and he was like, I am so elated to be able to play wow. with everyone. You, you know, even him, he's been to, he's been to the highest heights of fighting games and he's giddy like me. So I, Roback is just so huge yeah. for Strive. Um, but they've done a lot of good things. 
I mentioned the air tech thing. I have always felt that when you knock someone down or not, well, not knock them down, when you anti-air them, they shouldn't get invincible techs. I always thought that idea was like kind of, mm. kind of old games. You know, these new games, they have a ton of uh, RPS in almost every situation. Mm. They're high damage. So when I anti-air someone, I don't want them to, getting tech buttons into a 50-50. Like that, that decision was huge. Uh, again, wall break was a fantastic way to minimize uh, the looping and, and the boring part of fighting games while also keeping it really, really um, fast-paced and, and interesting. And rewarding. And rewarding. Yeah. James, are you seeing the stuff? You know, Fenrich is posting things oh. uh, with Ramathal positive um, tension yeah. posts, and it's yeah. just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. insane. Um, so it's they've done a great job at maintaining what the hardcore fighting game player is said or says we're looking for in games. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just been phenomenal, even character balance wise. Of course, uh, Soul is <laughs> <laughs> Soul is he exists Hi. for sure. He's, Hi. he's here. <laughs> he's, he's the protagonist. Um, <laughs> But the balance in the way they've approached characters and letting most characters be strong yeah. as well has just been incredibly an, an incredibly good decision. I mean, for so, for Arxis, uh, this is the best balance they've had out the gate for a game like ever, basically. So yes, yes. and and I feel like they did it in a way where you know if you watch like so sick Nash fan play main, watch me play May, it's like two like. The, like our styles will not interchange. Like yes. everybody can play the character the way they want to play the character, which is really sick. Yeah, dude, just... watching Justin play her like Storm, and he like is vocal and saying, "Oh, that. That was yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, like, the anchor." Yeah, you guys are all playing a different mate for sure, and that is yeah. definitely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what drew, what drew you to? Did you play Zato and Exert as well? What drew you to Zato in this game here? Um, I played Eddie. I always call him Eddie. I've been yeah, playing Zato yeah, yeah. for since. Let me see. I picked up Revelator 2015. When I picked the game up, I learned the game with Slayer. I learned it with Slayer. I got bodied by Marlon Pie. I was like, <laughs> nah, I gotta, I gotta play this character. <laughs> so, um, I he he. That being said, he is my favorite. It was just always a a the skill barrier. It's yeah. scary. He's hard. It's really tough when you're just learning him. Or I, I also played Kazuya. So like looking at it, I was like, you know, Mishima's. They're technically harder, but this is like a new venture for me too. Mm -hmm. So at first it was daunting and scary to try him. Then it became fun. So nice. I've been playing Zato. Uh, since about the mid the beginning of 2016, so okay, going on four or five years now. Now we, we had Li Joe here, and he said that he doesn't think Zato's that strong. What do you think? What do you think? Zato Zato is strong. <laughs> Zato, Zato Zato is always strong. Okay. Uh, cool. The the way the character, in my opinion, at least, Joe is really legendary. So like I, I I can see it's just I can see how you might think he's not strong. It's just that I feel like the the game hasn't been out yet that yeah, long, course, and we haven't been able to really explore the characters in a way that I feel like 
we're going to be able to definitively say that they're not uh, good characters right. or definitively say that they're broken. Uh, but Zato is strong. Now that I didn't want look, my third look, tournament, I, 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 apologize. I, can't, I can't do that with a bad character. I, I apologize. That was just light ribbing towards L.I. Joe. I'm an instigator oh, these days. I'm an instigator. What I heard was... Zato is nice. Joe, come see me at the dungeon. That's what I heard. I'm just, That's I'm an I instigator now. I, I, have, I have to stop this, Kami. I have to stop being an instigator. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Uh. Do you guys think Soul is broken? Y'all have been seeing it. I've been seeing no. it. No? Well, really? okay. He's not broken. Look, he's very strong, but he's not broken. Yeah. He's top tier. Yeah. yeah, he's the best character in the game, like clearly. And uh, yeah. Far Slash needs to be nerfed. I like there is wait, give it time, and then there's Soul Far Slash. <laughs> yeah. Like that's kind of how I feel about it. But the extent of Soul being powerful in this game still compared to you know games that we have played in the past. Yeah. Again, like that's a good point. Yeah, it's still not. That was still I not like, like it's not Blaze Blue comes out and new and oh, Arakune no are just like yeah, destroying everybody, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So, or yeah. like Akuma and SD, yeah, he's not, not he's Akuma. just playing playing by different rules. Like, right. I, I think he still pretty much plays by the same rules, he's just has a bit more freedom, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more freedom, but yeah, I think he's very strong. Like I, said, yeah, I think he's very yeah. Chun Li like from Third Strike in the terms of like just very clearly head and shoulders above the rest right but i don't think he's broken though i just think he's the best mm -hmm. are you oh, are you ahead. planning to continue to play other games are you going to stick with dragon ball or are you on strive now i the hmm, dragon ball's net code is really <laughs> rough <sighs> it's there really is. really difficult like um it, it it's it's a it's a daunting task anytime I boot up that game and it's not on PC. But I think that Dragon Ball Fighters in its current current version is a pretty good game and I will keep playing it when I go to offline events. I will keep playing it. I want to start streaming it again. It's just been like Strive is I'm never angry playing Strive. <laughs> it's like the best relationship I've ever had with yeah. a fighting game. I, yeah. I, I, I always think you know, I, there's something I can do better. But I, I am really excited to see if they decide to do another season of Dragon Ball Fighters. I think that would help out a lot with interest uh, for myself included. Um, so if there's another season, uh, a netcode update, or if I if I go to a tournament, I'll definitely train for it and enter. But I won't be playing it as much as Strive. Mm -hmm. All right. If possible, I have a question for you guys. I've always wanted to ask you. Okay, um, okay. You guys have been really kind to like, like let me talk. I wanted to ask you guys, what is what is the man? All right, here we go. Careful, this is your speak. one chance. Okay, you messed this question <laughs> up. You, you'll never what get to you? ask us a question. That, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what would you guys say is your most loved? or intense fighting game set or EVO set you've ever called. Because James, you don't understand, like you're like a legend. David, Tuck, Tuck. you're like a super legend. <laughs> Tuck, you're a legend in Marvel 3. I, I was watching you guys like play and cast for so long. So this is 
really near and dear to my heart and I, this is pretty fun i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> even being able to ask y'all this it's really really huh. fun but what what was your like most loved set you called all right here's my answer to just torpedo this whole topic they at some point run together for me and it's no longer for easy for me to remember events and what took place and which player did what <laughs> and so <laughs> my answer is really that like i because i've thought about this too and other people have asked me this too it's really hard for me to say i feel like i've seen too much good stuff and it's just it's not it's not even that it's hard for me to pick among from among like an identified list of like my favorites it's yes at some point it honestly runs together <laughs> <laughs> like it's hard for me to to pick them out yeah. uh that's i have a i have a notoriously bad memory and so this is like the case for me <laughs> for a lot of things it's not just in fighting games um, but that's my honest answer that it, it honestly becomes hard for me yeah. to, to say at some point. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's, it, there are a few that I probably would have to pick from. Like, obviously the Tokido punk one is, you know, the, I mean, I'm still not happy that I got emotional, but I know how much everybody loves <laughs> that way that went down. Uh, honestly, like probably one of the more innocuous matches that I've always talked about how proud I am of it's more of a craft pride kind of thing was the Justin versus snake eyes grand finals at the 25th anniversary Los Angeles event, because oh. it was Zangief versus Rufus, which is one of the most boring matches in the history of fighting games. And, uh, <laughs> David and I were calling it and we were excited because we love Zangief matches. We understand how the match plays and we were calling it in a way that I remember everybody at home was like so hype about it. Everybody loved it. They enjoyed it. And everybody at the venue were bored to tears. Like they were all just like, God, this is the worst thing. Can we go home now? You know, things like that. So that's a point of pride for me that we were able to, to do that for that match. But I mean that I also love the the commentary of Ski Sonic and myself versus with Vi versus uh, Bon Chan with the Hugo Sagat match. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of lot of them out there. But you know, from a craft perspective, I I always think back to that Justin Wong Snake Eyes match uh, just because of what we were able to provide for the viewers at home. So. Uh, mine, I can tell you right now is I it was. Combo Breaker 2016, Marvel Top 8, Jabril versus Justin Wong. I remember Man. that. Justin remember Wong that. had these sickest... He, he, he Justin Wong the shit out of Jabril with Akuma. <laughs> and I had my favorite call, which was Shun Goku Satsu for the win, Justin Wong. And I fucking lost my mind. And that was that was my, my, my favorite match that yeah. I've ever called for sure. It was just... Like, Jabril's my boy. He was my former teammate at the time. Like, I managed him on Circa. So I was excited for there. And then Justin's a good friend as well. So it was just like, I, I'm i just going to enjoy this. I'm going to go along for the ride. And Justin put on a show. So that's definitely I, my favorite set. I think these answers these answers are kind of getting at the point that on commentary, what, what becomes memorable is, like with a player, you remember your performance of it. Yeah. And I, so I, I, can, I can recall like how I, how I felt about my commentary in situations. I think more easily than I can, like, what was I responding to necessarily? Like, well, what right. did the players do that I watched? Mm -hmm. When I, I, in fact, 
in some ways I can think of matches that I wasn't commentating more easily, more readily than the ones that I was commentating because while I'm commentating, most of my brain power is like mm -hmm. doing a certain thing. Whereas when I'm watching, my brain is more is more in a way it sounds weird maybe but in a way paying attention and and sort of recording it in a different yes. maybe, maybe Dude, closer yes. way when you listen to commentators and they're like wait didn't these guys play earlier wait what happened wait what's the score wait what's happening <laughs> dude it's i i've right? always i've always compared commentary to driving <laughs> You drive and you're like driving and you're paying attention. You're clearly following all the rules and doing everything. And then when you get home, you're like, did I just drive an hour and a half? Like, I don't remember any of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's really. Remember that, that one turn or the other turn? And you yeah. have to admit that you did not. Yeah, sure. Oh. Anyway, sorry to blow up your question. I think that was a very heartfelt question that we kind of yeah. destroyed. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, time. at least I had a favorite set. <laughs> you did, you David. But uh, no, Kami, uh, plug yourself. Plug. Where can people watch the the watch you and all of your amazing you know luck and RNG of getting to you know popularity. RNG. So you know, <laughs> RNG dungeon. Um, um, you guys can all find me on every platform at Nokami. Um, man, it's a name. I'm not gonna lie, guys. I've thought about changing it. It's not a good icebreaker. Like, hey, man, what's your name? <laughs> no copy. I'm like, <laughs> the other guy's like, oh, I don't want to keep talking to this guy. Um, but uh, that's another funny story of how that name came to be. But well, no, uh, I ask everybody that question before they leave, so you have to answer yeah, that question say, too. You have to give us a story. Uh -huh. that's... If you want, you don't have to, but you know. Oh, I got you. I got you. It's not. It's not even that bad. Uh, but everything is at Nokami uh, on YouTube at Nokami, Twitch at Nokami, TikTok at Nokami. You can find it everywhere. Twitter. Um, I generally stream afternoons now. I used to stream in the mornings. Now it's generally afternoons from 3 p.m. on. So if you guys are on Twitch during that time, you can check me out there. You're East what Coast, right? East Coast, yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, how'd you get that name, bud? Okay, so my teammates, my teammates, uh, they used to have little names for me. They would have nicknames. Uh, sometimes nice, sometimes not so nice. So <laughs> coming into high school, I had always been Perry the Platypus because of Phineas and Ferb. So my team, they <laughs> would just call awesome. me. And I'm dead. I'm bigger than everybody. They're like, nah, <laughs> you're still a, you're still a spy. So like this was something that continued on happening. So in high school, I get really into Dragon Ball. I'm wearing Dragon Ball shirts. I don't care, man. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing. I got Dragon Ball socks, um, and I'm going. I'm going out to flip the coin with my Dragon Ball socks, and the other team is like not taking me serious. I'm dead serious with the ball. Um, so, a couple of my teammates looked into the show, and they started calling me Kami, like. <laughs> <laughs> off of Dragon Ball because uh, I was like because <laughs> at first it was the Piccolo joke and then I was like no can't y'all come on you're not calling me King right. Piccolo I'm not gonna do it they were like okay it's the Cell Saga going on one of them started that up and it just became a thing that people just called me for a long time so that's where it came from 
But where did the no so bad? Where's the no part come from? I couldn't think of nothing. I was like, what's it gonna be? <laughs> and Tommy's really genet generic too. Uh -huh. So I was like, hmm. Uh I was gonna do all types of things. Like I was gonna do NO Kami. I wanted it to be something like that just because it was what my friends called me. Um looking back on it in hindsight, it's been kind of a uh um a skill booster I should say and let me tell you why I can't go 0-2 in a tournament with a name like that that's a bad look so <laughs> I've always 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 been like alright man you chose this kind of bad name you better not lose you better try to go to it so it was a fun little test with myself uh, too that's funny that's awesome alright dude thanks a lot for coming on appreciate it thank, thank you. you guys so much thanks, for having Tommy. me man yeah. appreciate it man Good night, dude. You too. Oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> All right, that was very cool. What a cool guy. Oh, Good guess. Man. Thanks, Tubbleware. As yep. per usual. Uh, yeah, very cool to talk with him. He's a super positive guy. Really fun to watch on stream. If you guys haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, let's move on then to the 5-5 matchup, our segment where we talk about an FGC discussion point. A big debate. That you guys choose now in the past this has been chosen by people who are subscribers on twitch and patrons on patreon well that's not really possible anymore because twitch no longer allows us access to subscribers email addresses so how are we even going to do that instead what we're going to do is have you pick live on the show so do you want me to do it for all eight questions here yeah, we didn't we didn't end up deciding like a short list earlier. So right, right. in the future what we're gonna do is make a little short list of our of our own. We're gonna maybe pick five or something like that, you know, three to five. Uh, that we're then gonna let you all choose from. So we're gonna play gatekeeper and then it's up to you. But for this one, we're just gonna have one through eight. We'll just do it live. So let me read it out while James sets that up. Uh, number one is in the light of recent events such as asking for special registration and getting bothered by polite jokes, criticism about 10v10 loss, do you think some top players are becoming too self-entitled? I feel like we talked about that a lot. Uh, number two, have you guys seen what Jay Wong is doing with It Me JP? Do you think this type of high-level training streaming is going to become more popular? Number three, as I've played Strive and played Axel, I noticed my spacing and neutral's gotten better. My question is, would it be wise to tell newcomers to try out zoners to learn such concepts as spacing and other basic tools? Four, mm. should the FGC ban handshakes in <laughs> tournament? <laughs> They're very insistent. Yeah. Uh, number five, from a competitor's standpoint, is the constant addition of new characters more of a worry than fun inclusion? It's more frame data to study, harder matchup potential, cheaper things to deal with, etc. Six, based on the past FGC developer roundtable talks, it seems that everyone really wants to do right by the players. So can we anticipate the next iterations of titles or updates to current titles to have a netcode as good as drives? Seven, with online and local leagues really taking main stage during pandemic, you got to see a lot of new talent and organizations put in work. Do you anticipate or hope any of these to eventually hit the recognition to become a major? And eight, with Strive having such good netcode, do you think that it will that will help continue to drive a meaningful presence for online tournaments and majors? Or do you think the FGC will want to revert back to predominantly offline events? All right. You're going to do the old... It should system? be up. It should be up already. So you guys should be able to type exclamation mark one through eight. And uh, that should start working for you guys. 
All right. So, uh, just type in exclamation mark uh, one through eight, and that should be adding questions. Yep, there we go. I see the polls filling up right now. I said, do you guys want me to put the poll live on stream or just leave it at this point? It's okay. I would say leave it because people are going to get influenced by what they see. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you can see it in the chat anyways, so... Yeah, you can, can get you? a kind of an idea. Oh, well, you can get a good idea. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. Uh, well, there's like a little move bot up Maybe Maybe put the options back up so people can see it again. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, good call, good call, good call. Also, David is stuffing his face. I was really trying to stuff my face while the thing was going <laughs> yes, We were going hard. Oh, I, wow, I got up actually, and got water. The Moobot actually mm -hmm. does just show the, the current results right yeah, now. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. It tells yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, okay, okay. And remember, if you are a subscriber, you get to vote twice. So <laughs> don't forget that. If you are a subscriber, you get to vote twice. It will count two of your votes. Yeah, don't worry, Puma. I just put the options back up here for you guys. Make it happen. Yeah. All right, let's cut it off. Already? All right. You want to cut it off? I see some let's questions. There, they are. They are chugging forward here right now. We are getting some changes. All right, give him a countdown from ten, Tubbo. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. So the All winner. Right, don't even bother anymore. That's the it. winners are number two and five. Two and Damn, five. Number four still didn't get in. Two Damn. and five. Yep. Number that's... four is struggling. That's been, if you don't know, proposed three weeks in a row. <laughs> so if you. I, I, I gave number four my votes. You voted? I can't believe of you course. influenced the election. Wow. Why would I not? I think I should have in retrospect, but I didn't think about it. It's actually genius to do that. Uh, good luck to number four in the future, but it's not going to be that for now. So you said number two and number five? Yep, that is correct. All right. Do you have a preference on which one of those we tackle first? Uh, let's just go in order and let's do number two. All right. Here it is. Number two. Have you guys seen what Justin Wong is doing with It, Me, JP? Do you think this type of high-level training streaming is going to become more popular? Have you guys seen? Uh, I have seen it. I haven't watched uh, it, please. but I, kn I know what's going on with I've it. I've seen so. it. I saw about 10 minutes of the day. I, I tuned into Justin's stream, and then uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to go do something else. But it wasn't because it was, like, boring. I had other stuff to do. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but no, he's been he's been training it me JP on his stream, and uh, they have, they both have their little face cams, and JP is asking questions and Justin is answering, and apparently it's been working. Like he's been making big strides as a player, and of course Justin's been teaching JP May, mm -hmm. so you know mm -hmm. Justin's knowledgeable in his main character, and I can't think of a better person to teach you how to play a character in a video game than Justin Wong. <laughs> For sure, Justin's super knowledgeable, like maybe the best May in the world. And, he's up there. I mean, he's certainly he's one of them. Um, and and can you describe who JP is? Uh, nope. Don't know anything about the guy. Okie doke. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, one, of, one of my favorite <laughs> things that I saw was it me JP actually tweeted out. He was like, I landed my first 
Roman cancel combo like on stream and he said it felt so good like he had practiced it and then he got this big old combo he got the wall break afterwards and he said that you know Justin was the one who taught him all these things and he landed it and he said it would just made him feel elated and you know that's yeah. the kind of thing that I love seeing from people who are playing fighting games when people tell me these kind of things you know when people are like oh you know what you know you told me this tactic and I landed it and this is the greatest thing like I feel so cool doing these things like that to me is why I play fighting games because it feels cool to do a lot of these things you know and so to see other players get that kind of euphoria you know it's gonna start with the execution and then I always tell everybody at some point in time you're going to play against somebody else, and for some reason, you're just going to know what they're going to do, like five decisions in a row. And somehow you just, you can't even tell why. But you're like, he's going to DP, and he DPs. And you're like, he's not going to DP this time. You do this, and now I'm going to low short and then throw him because he thinks I'm good. And for some other reason, you're just like, right? And the first time that happens to you and you play your opponent like a puppet, you're like... It is not about guessing at all, is it? Like, it just, it makes you realize <laughs> what fighting games are about. Seeing it me kind of hit that first euphoric light bulb moment, I think is absolutely wonderful. So I think it's awesome what he's doing. And I would love to see more of that. Absolutely. I would love to see a lot of that. Uh, just to describe, JP's been around for a long time. I feel like I've known of him for a decade, maybe longer than that. It's been mm -hmm. a while. Um, more from esports, I can I believe StarCraft, if I recall correctly. Uh, I think I've seen him doing other stuff too. But he's a, he's a big streamer uh, nowadays. Well, has been, and um, and and has and has been somebody who's been interested in fighting games for a long time. I think I've talked with him about it in the mm -hmm. past. Uh, so anyway, that's that's who he is. Um, yeah, I think I think it's super cool. I think it's super cool. I really like the idea of it, and it's not just about teaching JP. I think what's really nice is that seeing seeing lessons in that way yeah taught by somebody who's super good and knowledgeable to somebody who is uh capable of like doing the things right that sure. that's got to be helpful for people who are watching right mm -hmm. that's got to be effectively lessons for a lot of other people as well in ways that um you know just sort of being told here's how you can level up maybe not the same thing you know so i, I think that's a really cool idea super cool and uh, i would love to see more of it absolutely do I think this type of high-level training streaming is going to become more popular? I think that'd be a really cool idea. I'd love to see more yeah. of that, for sure. Hmm. I mean, I'm not Justin Wong level, but hmm. <laughs> cool, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and JP has been taking it seriously. James was talking about that, right? That is that is very cool. Again, like, if if this was somebody who's really good teaching somebody who was like, yeah, I guess, and, like, not really paying attention, <laughs> not really doing, taking seriously... That would be a lot less interesting. But right. the fact that it is a case of somebody who is actually learning, really trying to do it, is very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, you remember, Shankar remembers when Gutex was doing this in Street Fighter Four era and got shit for it. Well, uh, that's, that's true. I mean, maybe not in the sort of same way, but it was a different time. And we talked about this in the past, but many of us thought that it was really weird to take money for fgc related stuff we all yeah. a lot of us thought it was really weird <laughs> whether you were making content or you were 
<laughs> writing stuff on Shoryuken or making facts or whatever. A lot of it's just like, why? Who would pay? Like that's absurd. And and yeah, it was really Gutex and Mike who started making that change. So mm-hmm. I, you know, credit credit to them. Honestly, like that was yeah important for me as well. All right. You want to move on to the next one or anything else to say about this? Uh, no, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Question number five. Uh, from a competitor standpoint, is the constant addition of new characters more of a worry than a fun inclusion? It's more frame data to study, harder matchup potential, cheaper things to deal with, etc. What do you guys think? Uh, that's been something I've been saying for a long time, I feel. I, at some point, it becomes homework. Yeah, I agree with that. And in many, many cases, it's fun. And if it's just adding one character at a time and you've been actively playing the game the whole time, it doesn't feel like that much work. But if you take a little bit of time off and like two or three new characters are out and you go back and it's maybe there's been a patch and stuff too, you got a lot of work to do, buddy. And that, <laughs> it, that can dissuade people. It can dissuade people. Yeah. I think, I think nowadays, like, that's... It's not as... Patches are less common than some previous games had done in the past. So maybe a patch once a year that adds three or four characters in the whole year. Not that big of a deal. But yeah, at some point, especially if you're trying to play multiple games, I do think that it becomes homework. And, and you know, it's, it's like how in school, a teacher may think that they're not assigning you that much work, but like they just expect you to do the work for their class because they think that their class is the one that you care about. Right. <laughs> you're going to realize that you have many other classes that you would also <laughs> like to do well in. Yeah. So it's not that serious, but yeah, it, it is work at some point. So, uh, you know, I, I like new characters because it breeds life into games and, you know, gives Overall, people... Overall, it's good. Let me be very Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no. I, I, I'm getting there, too. Like, I, I like okay. that. I like the fact that a new character comes in, especially when it's, like, your favorite character that wasn't there in the first place, etc., etc., but here's the thing. We've been saying, I know you and I, David, have been saying this about Street Fighter V. Like, once you get to about 40-some characters, that is where you start getting, like, in Ultra Street Fighter IV, I thought 44 characters was already kind of too much for Ultra Street Fighter IV. And Street Fighter V, where, where a game is, you know, requires a lot more you know, just like memorizing what's plus, what's minus, and what this situation. Now I've got to memorize the color of Rose's scarf, which I still don't even personally know right now, you know, kind of a thing. So, like, it does get kind of tough. It get gets kind of tough. I do think 30-some characters might be kind of the sweet spot for a game, like mid-30s or, like, up to 40. Uh, once you get to 40 some it's not as bad because here's the one thing as you keep adding more and more and more and more and more characters a lot of the hardcore players they're going to be learning as it goes and you're going to have less people jumping into the game brand new as it as it goes on but honestly like i i know people get mad about it but i like games starting with 15 characters i like games starting with 12 characters like (laughs) It's it, it makes it a little bit more manageable, and we'll get the characters later. And and in fact, those characters may end up being far more interesting because even the developers know more about the game that they didn't know before. Uh, uh, Honda, Lucia, and you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, who was the other character released at that time? 
Poison. Poison. Yeah. No, Poison. Absolutely. Seth, Gill, Rose, Dan. Like, they're all super awesome right now, you know? And, and I feel like that, you know, that kind of is the benefit of releasing the characters in a staggered situation. Yeah, except for I team games. See. Except for team games, they probably need more characters. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, I DLC. I have no problem with it. I think it's more of a uh, like a, more of a job. It's more homework if they patch like balance patch consistently. There's because then you're relearning things that you thought you already knew. <laughs> yeah. That's work. Yeah. Learning new stuff about fighting games is fun. Relearning old shit ain't so fun. Okay. Which is why you get so many players from older games complaining that you know Axel doesn't have three P anymore. Right. You know, it's you're used to you're used to things being one way, and then when they're not that way anymore, you're like, ah, oh, shit. Now I have to relearn it. That's great. I already learned this once. Right. You know, so I, I, I think that's way more work than than getting new characters and yeah, that's uh, you know, possibly updating the game like Dragon Ball has been twice. You know, things like that. I, I think that stuff is fun. Like I, I don't find that to be to me much work. Okay. I'm just more concerned with balance patching, over balance patching. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. gets annoying. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I like DLC, and, and most of all, video games have not moved up in price with inflation. Video games yeah. should be $100 base right now. Yeah. So if it's a game that I really like, and even sometimes games I don't like that much, just because they're fighting games, I'm buying your season pass, because yeah. I want you to keep making fighting games. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about it, give me more DLC, I'll support you, as long as I can play your damn game online. <laughs> Shout out to SNK. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I definitely think that's fair. Uh, I mean, for me, the number that I want to end up at is, yeah, it's in the 40s, maybe? Maybe maybe under that, ideally. At some point, if you're somebody who likes, who comes in late to a game, it becomes difficult if there's a billion characters. Yes, I played League of Legends when I feel like there were 50 characters in that game, or champions, whatever. Excuse me. But now there's literally a hundred more than that. I think there's 140 or something, or something like that now. It's wild, wild the number. Right. I could not imagine picking that game up and trying to learn all those characters. Just, just no way. And and I feel like if I were to start taking Smash Ultimate seriously, good luck me. I got to learn 80 matchups or something. I don't know. <laughs> Unlikely. Wow. You know. So it, at some point there becomes a limit for me at least, but. Uh, not only the, that, but in Smash in Brothers, you'd also have to be able to tell the difference between like twenty Fire Emblem characters. <laughs> Imagine being able to tell the difference between all these swords. I absurd. Now, uh, people in the chat are also asking about folks who are who are less competitive, which is which is fair, right? People who are more casual are not going to have these same concerns. I think this ca- this question is specifically from a competitor standpoint is literally part of the question. So mm-hmm. we're trying to answer that from yeah. a competitor's standpoint. Right, right. All right, enough about this one. All right, sure, let's move on. So. All right, let's talk about Smash Bros. 200th character. <laughs> I don't know what the number is now, it's pretty high though. So Kazuya had a showcase and it was awesome. You mentioned last time that he was announced for Smash Ultimate, and this time... You should ask Kami if he was excited since he played... Yeah, I know, right? And uh, unfortunately, David, I think you might be the only one who saw the showcase. 
Yeah, I certainly you guys didn't, didn't see watch. it. I oh, didn't no, okay. manage. I, I forgot. I, I forgot it was even on at that point. So um, I just don't. It's I don't play Smash, man. And people are it saying Kazi is available me. right now, so he he yeah, can't. Oh, out, I believe. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it. Sell, right, sell, sell us on it, David. What made it? Because you, your description is literally, uh, what was it? The, the, the exhibition was awesome. So what? Tell us about it, dude. Tell us about that. I think just they did a really good job at putting in the idea of a Tekken character into the game. Sakurai talked about how he he at first thought that it wasn't practical for. There okay. to be, you know, Tekken characters in this game, and no, he, Nathan, went, he went detailed. You're he, gonna he get, talked about frame data. You're gonna you know, get a challenge. <laughs> Nathan's gonna get our challenge channel. Uh, so much faster. Sorry, right. go ahead. I was about to say Nathan's uh, gonna get our channel uh, taken down because he's showing his butt on stream. Anyways, yeah, go yeah, ahead, yeah. David. Cool. Go ahead. Moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, he was talking all about frame data and how the jabs are faster in Smash than they are in Tekken. Like he got detailed. And so I thought that was cool. And what he ended up talking about as well was, obviously in Tekken, there are tons of different moves. And in Smash Bros, there's two attack buttons. Like, how is this even possible? How can we even make this happen? Well, I think they, they did a really good job at making the feeling of the character show up. So the frame data is different. It is more Smash-like. But um, he talked about, uh, you know, show, showed off all the moves. And a lot of them are directional moves some of them are dragon punch moves hmm. and he described them that way but many of them are, are directional and he's specifically talked about some being for different uses these are the ones that are for combo setups these are the hmm. ones that you new use in neutral these are the ones that you use as combo filler like he was very detailed Dang. about that and and described different combos that you could do show different combos that you could do it's very combo focused as an exhibition in a way that I think most of the other exhibitions have not. Most of the other exhibitions have been more about like, here's what the character like can do. Like, all right, sure. good luck putting it together. Figure out some combos for yourself or whatever. But yeah, this one was definitely more uh, focused on the sort of what makes him a character. Like, what does Kazuya do? And what are what do his buttons look like? And they look like the buttons. Like they put them into the game more or less. So I really, really like how he turned out. I think he looks nice. super cool. And his combos seem like they could be interesting. That's cool. At the end, did Sakurai actually say, now that was some good-ass Tekken? I've yes. seen that meme floating around. He actually did say it? That's dope. He said it in English with a perfect... Oh, that's so cool. Are you serious? No, oh, that's my so God. Cool. That's... No, of course I'm not. Oh, come on. No. Why you gotta mess with me like that? That would have been so not. dope. Oh, he did it? Oh, dude. Come on, David. I believed you. Yeah, I believe, I believe it would happen. Do well, you? not the English part. Sakurai is knowledgeable, but <laughs> he's knowledgeable enough, man. Come on. He's yeah, very knowledgeable. Sure. And and one thing that has come across in each of the games that he's done, including all the fighting games, is how much he respects and cares for the franchises and the characters. And especially, I think, with the fighting game characters, you can tell mm. that how much he did for Terry and how much he talked about SNK and how much he loves SNK. And it's the same kind of thing for this. So I I, I think that's very cool. Really turned out nice. <laughs> Oh, okay. According to Dom, Dr. Omnipotent, what he actually said was, don't ask me for shit, is what he said on the stream. Right? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, one more character. Don't ask me for shit. <laughs> <laughs> he actually would have been great. Yeah, he did say as as well, that is a good point, that this is the second to last character right. that they're going to be doing. So there's one more. It will come out before the end of the year, he said. But 
expect to wait a while before you hear about you know what the character is. Anyway, Kazuya's out, and I saw that somebody. I already saw a couple combo videos come out for the character. Oh dang! Okay, I gotta have to check out all this stuff because I just want to see. I just want to see yeah, for cool. sure. He is cool. They put a bunch Ooh. of music in the game. You know how they do it. They, they oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They do good work. Yeah. All right. It's like I said. Once the last character comes out, if they actually released like a 10, 12, 15 CD set of like all the music that's in the game for like $200, $300, I would probably get baited into grabbing something like that because I think it would Yo, be. Do, do plastic compact discs still only have like 10 songs on them? <laughs> I think it's like 15, 10, between 10 and 20, depending on the length. Uh, what? <sighs> really? Compression. Yeah. How is that technology but also, also, CDs don't get pressed anymore. Albums get released online, and that's about it nowadays. Teams definitely still buys plastic discs. I'm curious how it can be that they're only still fitting like 10 to 20 songs on there. It's impossible. Come on. This technology hasn't moved forward at all in 30 no. years. Why would it? Amazing. I don't know. I don't know. All right. <laughs> MP3 players came out, man. <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on to the next one, then. All right, thanks for watching the show, guys. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Thanks for all of your light ribbing there, dude, guys. Okay, Absolutely. let's do <laughs> Vanessa in KOF 15. Oops, I wrote Correct. This. They showed the trailer. She also, as is mentioned here, is a member of Team Secret Agent. What do you guys think about Vanessa? Uh, I mean... Did she's a secret agent. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the, the, the biggest concern about Vanessa, she seems like another one of the mostly cut-and-paste characters. The last few characters that they've kind of shown have... I mean, for sure, like, if you look at the three people on Team Secret Agent in 14 to 15... Like, their faces, like, seriously, they look like they are dead inside, like, in 14. And, like, in 15, like, they're, like, the faces are very beautiful, right? They, they did a great job with that. But mostly the animation's the same. Like, move properties have changed little bits here and there, but they haven't changed much. They're, even their fashion, their design has been mostly just kind of ported directly over and stuff, so... She's not as, uh, like, she doesn't seem to have the same kind of, like, changes or glow-ups that some of, the, some of the other characters have had. And uh, we're all, you know, we're all kind of hoping for new characters, because right now, outside of CYS and outside of Chizuru, there haven't been any characters that haven't been in 14 announced out of, like, the 20-some-odd characters at this point in time. So we're, we're waiting have, for... Have they shown any UI yet? Uh, no, they have not. They're still have holding. They yeah, talked about any game mechanics yet. Uh, the game mechanics are all being revealed little by little in the trailers. But they haven't can, like. But they talked have, about them. No, nope. they've shown them. They haven't said anything. And but, how many trailers in? Yeah, but the thing about it is, remember, <laughs> they also said that they've delayed the game because of. I, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah I'm COVID just, and I'm stuff. Just, I'm just, the I mean, honestly, the most interesting thing about this whole announcement was that. Not that she's on Team Secret Agent, because she was always on the agent team. Mary has always been on the agent team. But that Luang is on the agent team. Because literally, I asked Olaf, K KOF expert, what Luang's storyline was from 14. And he was like, 
she has sex with Gong Il. That's like it. Like nobody knew anything about her, and now at this point in time, if she actually is being a secret agent and kind of like playing people and stuff like that, then that's kind of new for people. So lore wise, people are interested to see how Luang, you know, fits with the agent team. But again, that's not even who was showcased in the trailer. <laughs> so, yeah, we're all just waiting for more expectations to be shattered at this point in time. And like I said, really unfortunate tagline because that's just what you're going to get all the time now is people going, when are our expectations going to be shattered? Or are you telling us to shatter our expectations so we have none, right? Like, I mean, if they just shattered something, then that wouldn't be a problem anymore. Right. They should work on that shattering. Exactly. And that's what we're all kind of waiting for at this point in time. So, Are you eating I eggs? She looked, I thought she looked terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I waited yeah. all that time just to say, I thought she looked terrible. I just thought she looked terrible. Uh, some of the other characters I haven't thought looked terrible. Mm-hmm. It's about the best that I could say about it. But as far as her, boy. Woof. I mean, Bruh. to be fair, the gangliness Bruh. has always been part of her design. She's always looked kind of like that, even in the sprite days. She's always been like a really long, lanky character. But her current design is definitely less, has much less to be desired, so... All right, well, let's uh, move on to another topic. What am I eating? I'm eating salmon. Ooh, salmon with heart, with not heart. You guys are talking about hard-boiled eggs. No, with mashed potatoes, and there were also green beans. So Ooh. quit being weirdos. Who made the salmon? Uh, um, the person I'm married to. Cool. Well, okay, I mean, okay. I have a wife, and she Ho- cares about me and cooks me dinner. Home-cooked salmon. That's awesome. Hey, Good we stuff. Cook, we cook each other dinner, buddy. Well, that didn't but, make my statement untrue. That's, you're right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's talk about Mortal Kombat X Lives, which happened recently. In fact, it was yesterday. Now, we talked a little bit about the first part of this, which was a couple weeks ago at this point, and the whole thing was supposed to take place on a day, but before the top eight, there was DDoS attacking uh, so substantially yeah. that they actually could not finished the event mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the players were getting ddos so that they couldn't play against each other they couldn't stream they the were getting the event is to stream and play against each other yeah they were do? even so getting they had to postpone it like they were even getting doxed on stream weren't they like a lot of the yeah. players yeah they got doxed yeah, yeah. Well, some yeah. Got doxed. A, a couple of them yeah. so that was really bad um unfortunate for sure terrible that somebody would actually do that so they postponed it and yesterday is when they finished out the top eight. It was really fun to watch. I watched a good chunk of it. For me, as somebody who formerly played a lot of MKX, it was it was interesting because I hadn't played the game since Injustice 2 came out, like literally at all. As soon as Injustice 2 came out, I stopped playing MKX. And then when uh, MK11 came out, same thing with Injustice 2 for me. So it's been a long time since I played or even watched MKX. For me, it was a lot of fun for that reason to just sort of revisit some of the stuff that I used to see and remember. But also, 
I saw a bunch of stuff that just wasn't happening at that time. People just weren't doing some of the stuff yet, at least mm. maybe some of the things we knew about, but weren't actually happening in matches. Oh, that's cool. Um, so okay. It was definitely cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the meantime, there are people who never stopped playing MK6. Right. Like, it's still been their main game the entire time. They never played Injustice 2. They didn't play MK11. Or maybe they did, but they didn't like stop it playing as MK6. Right, yeah. So... So yeah, there was definitely some high-level play there towards then. So winner was Ninja Killer with Liu Kang Dragon's Fire, Liu Kang. And second place was X88 with Flame Fist, Liu Kang, Crystalline Tremor, and Hishkuten Predator. Third was Deoxys with Assassin Katana and Kenjutsu Kenshi. Um, Rewind, Tweety, and Unbearable Skill, Samij, and Cam is Black after that. It was a lot of fun. Ninja Kill is absurd, and the things that yeah. he actually does in matches are incredible. So some of the things that I'm talking about that we just didn't see anybody do in matches back in the day were things that he was just like doing all the time and had no problem with at all, like doing six or seven instant air, uh, or six or seven um, Liu Kang fireballs in a single combo. Like five of those are instant air which you have to do, like, if you don't know, like, really fast, up, down, forward, like, super fast. And he just was doing them. No big deal. Really, really fun and really super high-level, optimal stuff to watch. So I appreciated that. And, yeah, it was cool to watch uh, commentary. <laughs> and, it was Max, yeah. and it was ketchup, <laughs> and it was uh, a chef. People who really took the game seriously still know it well. So it was fun. Okay. Good job to everybody. Well, sorry, bummer about the DDoS, but I'm glad that it finished up. Yeah, that's that's cool that it finished. All right, what do we got up next here? <clears throat> we got ourselves Guilty the Gear Strive, baby. The Overdrive tournament that was run by Matcherino, powered by G Fuel and the American Red Cross. Uh, Matcherino has been trying to run a lot of their own events recently. Uh, Arturo's been doing a lot of the legwork on a lot of those as well. And, uh, you know, they partner up with a lot of different streamers like myself. I got to stream the event as well. So a bunch of people got to stream it. Um, 32 man bracket, a lot of very strong players in there. Marvel player, not enough damage was playing in that tournament as well. Did you see any of it too, aware? Cause I want to ask you this question here. Who would you think not enough damage plays in Guilty Gear Strike? Oh, you would think he plays Potemkin? I think Eddie plays whatever character he thinks will get him the most wins. Oh, okay. Well, he's and he likes to do big chunks of damage. Oh, he does. Okay, okay. So it okay. makes sense that he likes to play pod. He wants to just hit you twice and you're dead. Yeah. Well, that's definitely what he did. Did so. <laughs> But, you know, it's it was really cool to watch. Like I said, a lot of very strong players. Jan, Justin was playing in it as well. And the winner was Lost Soul with Anji. Anji. Anji, a character many people have said is potentially bottom three in the game. And second place was Not Enough Damage with Potemkin, a character who a lot of people... Said might be bottom three. <laughs> so, uh, game is in a good state right now. Now, don't get me wrong, third place was Red with Soul, and he and, and Red definitely punched everybody to death with that far slash. Yeah. Fourth place was Justin Wong with uh, May. 
May. So, yeah, but uh, it was a really fun event. It was fun for me to do commentary for it and stuff because uh, it's just it's just one of those games that I enjoy so much. A3 Religion and Jan tied for fifth place. That's another Potemkin and a Nagoriyuki as well. Yep. Uh, wow. And so, yeah, there was there was a good it was a good uh it's a good variety of characters there, and like I said, really good play. Like watching A3 Religions, uh, Nagoriyuki really opened my eyes on how Nagoriyuki is played uh, a little bit more because he's a character I played mm. in the beta, the first beta, when his life build wasn't as ridiculous as it is now. But I can see how he's still strong despite building up so much blood meter now. You and- just, you just gotta be a mathematician yeah if you can if you can add numbers real fast you can play nagori you yeah it's basically a special move is one bar uh a teleport is half a bar is kind of the best way you can think about it and then just hope that it drains and <laughs> try to land some command throws but again like a3 religion was really fun to watch for me but also you know just watching Lossel win and because Lossel is just an amazing player absolutely one of my favorite players so there you go yeah Lossel was sick yeah all right you know the worst character says Justin? No. <laughs> there's there's been people thinking that she's real bad. I've yeah. Seen that too. And, and again, you know, that. that's what a lot of people say about Anji, and I think a lot of that comes from playing Eno in the past because she feels like a shell of her former self. You know, her offense is not as potent as it used to be. But at the Man, same time, I lose a, you know, so bad. Right, and and the thing about I get it, opened up by her over right, and over. Exactly, but the thing about it is, defense is also weaker in this game than it has been in the past, right? So you don't even have like the blitz options, for example. And so I feel like, you know, if you're a former Eno player and your jumping dust does not launch people for longer combos, now you got to combo into the dive thing into bat. Like you feel like you're a little bit hamstrung, but I think if you play her from a fresh perspective, you'll probably be like, my God, this character can do all sorts of crazy things, you know? Right. Same thing with Anji. Lost Soul winning with Anji, right? I mean, there you go. A lot of people saying that this character is bottom two and uh, Lost Soul taking the tournament with just Anji and just doing some really nasty things. We also know that Lost Soul Anji is a limited time thing. We're going to get Lost Soul Elfelt back real soon. (laughs) Predicting Um, the DLC. Oh, wait. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay, okay. For sure, Elfo's going to be DLC. Okay, okay. All right, let's move on. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to re-highlight this because we talked about it briefly, but, you know, I saw that they were uh, talking about it yet again. They're trying to to promote as much as possible, so I figured that I would just say in case you missed it. of course. East Coast Throwdown is throwing free-to-enter weekly tournaments. Street Fighter V, Mortal Kombat 11, Tekken 7, and Guilty Gear Strive. And I think it's a different one each week. There's some rotation that they have going on here. And there's a $500 pot for each of those, even though it's free to enter. So they're putting some serious cash behind this. Please check it out. They had the Guilty Gear uh, event most recently. That was this past, that was this week, a couple days ago. Yeah. And here's the results was that Shine won it. Guilty Gear Potemkin players Shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and second place was well, not uh, shine, shine, not shine NYC. The OG shine, OG shine. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. And then 
uh, so sick Nash fan third. So check it nice. out. They got a lot of stuff. They got a lot nice. of players playing in that. Please nice. check that out if you're somebody who plays any of those four games. Good okay. work. Um... All right, that's it. Let's go to the mailbag. We got some weird ones for you. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let me just tweak some of these questions. Nash fan is like my favorite May right now. Really? Yeah, he, like the way he plays is just so aggressive, but not. It's uh, hmm. you just have to watch him. Okay. I gotta check it out. I'm curious. He's, he's less airborne than almost every other May. Way oh, less airborne than almost every other May. Me okay. and Justin are jumping around the screen like idiots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my Potemkin. Nashfan is like grounded. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. He plays uh, Sindel in MK, and I'm curious to see like what similarities there may be between right. maybe may between those two. That could okay. that could be interesting. All right, so All right. let's do the mailbox over here, right? So uh, let's do this here. Do, 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 do. We've got the mailbox here where Ultra Chen TV crew answers your questions. And the number one question that we have here today is from Investigation Cone via Twitter asks, have you ever heard of bread in a can? Have you tried it? What? Do you think it's like? And uh, Investigation Cone also provided this image here. It is literally bread in a can. What? It is literally bread. B&M brand. B&M brand? I'm definitely having a BM after I eat some canned bread. (laughs) That is perfect, perfect branding. Imagine imagine having your brand BM. Oh, no. Why is it canned? What about it requires canning? And what's the purpose of canning? It? Like, are you going to be eating your bread much later? I guess. Is, this, I, is there going to be a disaster? And you're like, well, so, what if it's there's a disaster and I don't have bread? Why right. See, that bread? that's what it is. It's apocalypse food, basically. Yeah. Like, but there's uh, like other cr- food that's apocalypse food. Right. That's canned food that like is more understandable yeah but you can't make an apocalypse sandwich without apocalypse bread homie you put those beans on you gotta put those beans on the bread get some toast you know i'm thinking about those beans exactly i mean look at this thing dude bread is this real there's a lot of fake food out there is this real it's 99 bag came up with (laughs) (laughs) fat free Is that what it says? It says 99% fat-free bread in a can. Was that the concern? Oh, this bread in the can has less fat than the bread yeah, in the can from what? another company. Is that, was that what I was worried about? So investigation code in the chat actually says, I ran across a 60s cookbook that called for one can of brown bread. It was beans on bread. Turns out it was a really common Saturday night meal in New England. What'd I tell you? You got it. You nailed it somehow. I watch a lot of cooking stuff, man. A lot. More than I'd like to admit. And you've never had canned bread? No, why would I have that in my life? I don't know. Well, did somebody make canned bread into some dish that looked tasty? No, I just know that it's very common that you would put beans on toast. Like, that's, like, part of the full English breakfast. Like, it's very very common. That's true. I've heard that in English. In England. All right, we move on to the next one. Wait, what was the actual question here? Have I tried it? No. What do you think it's like? Gross bread. Yeah, it's probably re- very spongy. Very, it's, very spongy. It's canned bread is how it tastes. Does there anybody in the chat has actually tried this? 
Has anybody in the chat ever actually tried this? That's the question. Does any is any person who has actually eaten? All right, you know what? Forget it. Let's move on to the next hey, question here. Yo, Shankar, yeah. you know what type of New Englander we're talking about. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's move on. To the All next right. Thing. So the next question comes from Poogly Woogly via Twitter. James has talked a lot about classing the fighting games as being about the mind, the body, or the heart. But riddle me this. What would be the representative examples of the mind, the body, and the heart for condiments? What's the smart condiment? What's the condiment that can't do anything except for execution monkey stuff? And what's the condiment that just like wills its way through you just decide garlic garlic is heart garlic is absolutely heart garlic is a condiment to you i guess i was about to say wait garlic is an ingredient right i mean but you put it on garlic bread like directly on there and you eat it right off right if it's good garlic garlic bread at least Maybe garlic butter is a condiment. Even then, I—that's a real stretch to me. I think the body. Like we're talking about. I just, garlic goes in everything, man. Like garlic is in everything. I think. Well, the... I like garlic a lot too, and I eat it a lot. But I feel like we're talking about mustard, ketchup, mayonnaise, relish. The body is definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. like sur- sriracha. It's hot sauce. Like I feel like the body is those because when you eat those, you have to fight. You know, you have to be like, you know, and it's it's like if especially if you're a spice wimp like me, then it's like all execution basically. It's just you are, you are just it, it affects you like that. So that's what I well, say. Well, then if we're if we're going with those with butter, if butter's a condiment, then it's heart. I guess. Or mayo, I guess. Mayo's a condiment. Mayo's a condiment for sure. Well, I'll go with that being hard. You gotta have like a fat or something that goes with everything that's the heart. <laughs> See, right? butter can't be heart because butter is probably bad for the heart, right? <laughs> I, hey, I don't know, man. This Some is a weird question. Have, I don't have a good answer. Some hearts have more butter than they have muscle, okay? Yeah, that is for sure. Um, I'm gonna say uh, maybe you know, I like mayo ketchup a lot. Let's get that's that's mine. Nailed it. Mayo chup. Yeah, mayo ketchup. Mayo ketchup is pretty right. good. That's kind of Thousand Islandish. Um, do you guys? I've see. It's not a condiment because I was about to say the heart then could be MSG because it brings out the umami. It just yeah, pulls out the flavor. A, but that's more of an umami. ingredient. If MSG is yeah. I'll say if, if garlic's not a yeah, condiment, no. then either is MSG. Yeah, no Don't one you puts think that MSG. mayo ketchup is actually the one that makes people go ooh, mommy. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, just slide off the damn screen. End the show there. Golly. Alright, let's move on to the next question. Anyway, Here what's up, go. everybody? How's it going over there? Yeah. Alright, alright. Ruining the sanctity of the mailbag. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Work so hard on these graphics and everything like that just to get that happened to me <laughs> over here. Yeah. Alright, so uh next question comes from one uh, Shay Farsi on Twitter who asks, name the most overrated and underrated food. This is a very food-heavy mailbag that we have here. The most overrated and underrated food in your opinion. And I'm just going to add the, the, the you can't name a burger chain because that's what everybody's going to try to go for. Well, this is a food, not restaurant. Right. So it has to be, Fair. you know, a steak, sushi. <laughs> Canned bread is the most underrated. Okay, yeah. There you go. <laughs> In that it has zero ratings. Yeah, that makes sense. 
<sighs> All right. The most overrated. Here's my opinion. The most overrated food to me is the hamburger and the cheeseburger and all of its derivations. I think they're fine. Uh, that's it. They're not great to me. And underrated? I'm going to say I'm going to say it's lox. Lox is like one of the best foods in the world. To be yeah. fair, one time you did give me half of your cream cheese and lox bagel, and it was pretty incredible. It was yes, good. It was it good. Sure What's is. lox based off of again? What's the base of lox? It's uh, it's just smoked salmon. Right. It's yeah. salmon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I okay, mean, okay. in a specific way of smoking right. salmon, but yeah. And I don't think that many people know about how good lox is. I think that's one of those. Look, some Jewish food has just become like general food bagels you just eat like it's just regular food some though is still it's not hidden because like people know about lox but it is <laughs> it's under the radar it's under the radar i like lox. Right. Tr please try it burgers All right. overrated i would great. name my most overrated food but i think i would make a lot of people mad so i just do, do, it. It. do it do it the most make them mad james the most overrated food for me I, it took me a while to think of this, but as soon as I thought of it, I was like, no, that's, this is the one. This is the one. Pho. Pho is the most overrated food ever. Like, honestly. Because all Chinese noodles and Japanese noodles are, like, way better. <laughs> wow. Way better. Way better. It's, like, not I even I think a ramen comparison. is better than pho, but I don't think pho is overrated. Yeah. That's a stretch. Yeah, I think... I well, think... James, I'll make just as many people in the FTC mad as you. Okay. Because I think K-Barbecue is hella overrated. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hella 100%. overrated. 100%. It's all about the experience, not about the actual food. The actual food is good, but yeah. it's not what people make it out to be. It is totally. not like and, the end-all to food. You smell like charred cow flesh. For the next six hours, you have to yeah, change yeah, clothes you definitely after you leave do. a KBBQ mm -hmm. place. Imagine yep. working there. It would infuse your pores. It would be horrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I'm, I like it, but it's not something that I ever seek out. I Also, fried chicken. Overrated. What? <laughs> I like how you just threw that in there. By the way, one of the most beloved dishes in American history sucks. It doesn't suck. I didn't say that much. What, Look, what I love I love Korean no. barbecue. Okay, I'm just telling you that right now. I freaking love <laughs> Korean barbecue. I will eat that like for every meal if I could. If well, not every meal, but I will eat that a lot. I I freaking to me. Well, that's also because when I get Korean barbecue, I don't get the same thing that a lot of other people get. They always want to get the, the the brisket and stuff. I just get the freaking beef bulgogi and the and the and you know like the the spicy pork and like I'm you're that like, guy ruining the grill. Yeah. You're the guy ruining mm -hmm. the grill. Basically, yeah. Wow. I just I love marinated meats. And so when they get that, the, the, the spicy pork, which is all the sauce and the bulgogi. But the thing is, you go to a good Korean barbecue restaurant, they change the grill for you constantly anyway. That's dude. also so true, too. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't even matter, dude. So short rib is also amazing as well. That is correct. Um, Look, I've never been to a Jewish restaurant that gave me gastroparesis and had me double over in pain for an entire week. <laughs> That's because you had Marn cook the food for you, I think, right? So, I mean... It was it was me, Marn, and Gutex, and maybe somebody else at that KBBQ table. 
and we did not cook it correctly. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, that's rough, dude. Oh boy, that was gnarly. All right, what is the most underrated? Underrated. We didn't hear them. What do you got? What do you got? It's underrated food. What do you got? Burgers overrated. Fried chicken overrated. I I don't even know if we'll have a season eleven anymore, dude. Like I I overrated. My most <laughs> underrated food. I'm gonna cop out and say a drink. Okay. My favorite drink on the earth is cran grape juice. Hmm. Cran grape juice fucking slaps if people don't know about it. They see cran, they're like, no, I'll get the regular grape juice. Trust me. Cran grape juice, it, it goes hard. That shit is delicious. Dude, you know what I'm going to say, though? I feel the same way about orange and pineapple juice, dude. Have you ever had orange and pineapple juice together? Yeah, orange pineapple juice is pretty good. That is freaking amazing as well. That is some of the best, dude. Uh, I like it. That's good. Underrated yeah, foods? Good. I mean, whatever. I don't know. Like, can you say something like just spaghetti marinara is underrated? Because I feel like it's such no. a basic food, but everybody loves spaghetti marinara. Everybody right? eats it. Yeah, so you can't say that. I had, that. I had Peruvian spaghetti the other night. Everybody eats it. Okay. By the way, Peruvian spaghetti was very good. Hmm, interesting. Uh, underrated, underrated. What is something that not enough people eat enough of that they should Crepe be la. eating more? Okay. Which one is <laughs> Okay. Which one's that one again? It's basically a wonton. Okay. But not pork. Okay. I don't know. It's hard to say underrated food because so many people like so many foods. Right. Well, what do you think? All right, fine. I don't All know, right. man. What like actual it? Chicago-style pizza, not just deep dish. That's a, gr- that's people, a great one. That's people actually don't a good know one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like that's that. People one. don't know about the truth. Like the real actual Chicago-style pizza that Chicagoans eat, you know, like weekly or biweekly or whatever, you know, depending <laughs> on their diet. Chicagoans don't just sit around a big-ass, you know, deep dish all the time it's not what happens guys i know that's the idea of what people think happens it's not what happens it's it's too serious to eat regularly for sure yeah 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 but like a normal ass pizza from chicago like actual chicago style is incredible yeah i agree very good dude i don't know if i can come up with something that's underrated unless it would be like shawarmas are underrated buddy like something I mean, shawarma is pretty underrated in everybody america everybody eats shawarmas no not in america no no is it not not in america well maybe in california not the rest of the country no i guess that's true it's not so like common. new york and california maybe but the rest of nobody's eating shawarma in the middle waffles really good all right waffles popular yeah we're just naming foods now yeah all right can we end this let's end this move on to the next okay, one let's yeah move on. we'll just have to we talk about random foods all night in agreement that fried chicken and burgers are overrated only you said that. Only you said that, that I will not take consensus. The opinion fireball. of Ultra David is not reflective of the entire Ultra Chen TV channel. Yeah. Please like and subscribe because there are some of us who love fried chicken here. So Yes. Okay. Uh, next question is from Fat Cat via Twitter. What weird Street Fighter... This has nothing to do with food. Wait, Street Fighter, you can't eat that. Um, what weird Street Fighter collab do you think would be cool or funny for Capcom to do next? I'm 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 guessing this is kind of a reference to the to the uh, to the, um, the 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 smelling you know Ryu fighting the smelly shirt from last week. Yeah. But there's another one that I heard about today. I don't remember what it is, but it's some new bizarre collab. 
Somebody in the chat, I'm sure, will remind us of what it is. But it's, <laughs> okay, uh, that's fair, Mike Lee Stern. They definitely did Street Fighter Curry collab because I have a box of that. I have a box of Street Fighter Pocky, so yeah, okay, never yep. mind. And they also have a Street Fighter cookbook out now as well. That's right, they do. Yes, oh, wow. yes, so that's You right. can literally eat Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, we always wanted to like create a restaurant where you could eat, like, you'd be served Blanca rolls for, like, you know, the appetizer, drink the Dragon Punch, which is the obvious one, you know, and but you know, I think that we should just do that. Um, yeah, All right, you get the funding. We can run the restaurant. David, you can manage. I'll take care of front of house if you take care of back of house. The Ultra Chen TV restaurant. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do, do that. It. Let's talk to uh, let's talk to uh, La Akira about how fun it is to run food services. Yeah. Right now, so. Uh, what should Street Fighter collab with or uh, Capcom in general? Um. Uh, you know what? I I like when, even though I can't afford them, I like when dope shoes come out that have, like, fighting game references. Mm, yeah. And I know they've done it before, but if I got, like, some... Well, this I guess is... I haven't done this before. But if I could get some, like, Ken-themed Air Force Ones, that would be sick. Right, but remember, the question says, what weird Street Fighter collab? Oh, I think, I man, think I don't have a good answer normal. for that. I'm too tired. It's past <laughs> 10 p.m. It's I don't have a good... My brain's shutting down. Okay, Street okay. Fighter versus Guilty Gear. Just as a game, is basically? A, yeah, let's say, in what sense? That's a collab. Is that a weird to collab? Make... In video games. It's a, it's an MMO. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a weird one. That's it's what you want to see. Street Fighter cross Guilty the Gear, the MMO. The archetypes are Grappler, Zoner, Setup Character. Brawler. Brawler, Rushdown, and Cammy. And Cammy? Oh, and Cammy? Yeah, the Cammy. Boring archetype. Okay. The boring okay. one. Yeah, exactly. The boring one. Yeah. Uh, That's I, that would be a great collab, right? The lore would be incredible. I want I think I think it would be yeah, cool to incredible. get That's the word. Let's get Street Fighter makeup. That's what we should do. Let's get Street Fighter maker makeup. You too can have Ryu and Ken's eyebrows that go over his headband. But James, right. can I have E Honda's fantastic face streaks? Uh, actually, you would be considered uh, desecrating the sport of sumo wrestling if you do that. So you'd probably not be a good idea, to be honest with you. you well, what if David took up sumo? Yeah, what if I was a sumo wrestler? I mean, it takes a while to get there because I know a lot of people... When Honda first came know. out, they didn't like his face paint in Japan because they thought he was desecrating the... Is that true? Yeah, oh, it's okay. actually a, a, a true story. Okay. So, I had no yeah. idea. Uh, Weird. All right. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, I Oops, I forgot to copy the next question. Let's do this. I want the stream to know that I just ripped a major ass. That's my <laughs> mailbag answer. I just Thanks, ripped a big man. one. Yeah. Appreciate you bringing up that one. <laughs> I'm glad you're last in line here on the right. At least it's just going to be behind us. <laughs> if I didn't have my filter on, you guys would have heard it. All right. You know what? I'm done with the show. I I refuse to take fart in this at all. So <laughs> I don't I don't have the sound commands on. Oh no. All right. Dubu Domo via Discord asks, "Who would you rather face in an SFB oh, yeah. first to three hidden in case you want to wait until the show to read it?" What? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I, I faithfully did keep it hidden. Here's what we got. We're seeing it for the first time. 
Momochi's Ken, but has infinite EX meters stocked, or Punk's Karen, but he has two fewer frames of input delay. Wait, where, Dang, so where, where is this? This is in the Discord. Oh, it's you got it in the Discord. Did huh? he put it in uh, spoiler tags? Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can, can you copy and paste it into the Discord as well, so I can copy it and paste it? Uh, there you go. There you go. Thank you. From Dubudomo. As right. mentioned. Faithfully did wait until the last moment to watch. So there you go. All right. Would you so rather fight? Yeah, go on. Momochi's Ken, but has infinite EX meter stocked, or Punk's Karin, but he has two fewer frames of input delay. So he can. He, I. Woof. Yeah, he is, so it's basically Super Punk or Momochi who can do more damage. I absolutely play against Momochi here because I, I feel like Punk with even less input delay is just unmanageable. Like, I just feel like that's... That's lights out. I can't move. I can't make anything, any wrong guess. Like, at the high... Even now, as it is, it's already like that. And that's players at the highest level. Me versus Punk, who has even better reactions? Impossible. Impossible. Maybe I deal a little <laughs> bit of damage against Momochi. And if he hits me, I explode or whatever. But I'll probably hit him a couple of times. I don't feel like I would hit Punk. I feel like he would just tech or whatever hit me every time. I'm playing Momochi. So when people look at the match, they go, oh, well, Momochi had infinite meter. Of course he won. Okay. All Nobody right. can I'll... visually see that Punk has two less frames. Okay. <laughs> They're just going to see Punk beating the shit out of me. But if they right. see Momochi has infinite super meter... He can always critical army. Duh, I'm playing Momochi. I'm like, look, he cheated. I'm moving on. <laughs> he cheated. I mean, what a dirty a, cheater. That is an absolutely valid answer right there. Very good answer, yeah. Meanwhile, Punk's over here confirming individual jabs. And I'm just right. like, wow, you played real well that day. Because I, yeah, right? I was thinking with Momochi, Ken would be terrified because he could do EX combos into supers and all sorts of crazy things like that. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Everybody would know. That he used a dirty he, cheater, so, you know. You know what? I, I can't even answer the question it. anymore. I think that's the best answer. I think that that's the clearly answer. the best answer, so that's the end. You just killed you got the, it. Just killed the I'm on the mailbag. Right. Nailed it. All right, all right. All right, we got one more. Back to the mail. Why can't I find the mailbag anymore? Gee, what, what did I do with the mailbag? You mail lost bag? it. I lost the mailbag. I lost the mailbag. From Scoop DeVille. Scoop DeVille via Discord. Now, again, I realize how long some of these questions get, so I have definitely did my work in making sure to give myself plenty of space. Do Scoop DeVille asks via Discord, I work in the restaurant industry. Good, we're back to food. Uh, and would love to hear <laughs> what new restaurants you guys have tried lately, if any. And also, how much lotion did you all go through during 2020? What? I was yeah. washing and moisturizing so much that, oh, good, okay. That he's, it's a different kind of question that I was afraid yeah. of. Uh, so much uh -huh. that bottles were flying off my shelves. I feel like you can't ask a man that, but all right. What new restaurants have we tried lately, if any? Uh, uh, we tried uh, some new restaurants, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, what have you tried, David? <laughs> well, all right, fine. <laughs> we tried a fancy, like, Mexican-ish place. You know, it's like high-level sure. like high level 
fancy food and we got i got a nice mezcal as well it was really nice. oh that's right because you that moved was... you moved to a completely new location right with completely new uh restaurants to explore for right basically moved down the street no but we we have there's there's too many restaurants in la to have ever yeah. tried and also during the pandemic a bunch of restaurants went out of business and some people started up new restaurants so mm-hmm. congratulations to them for being able to do that during that time yeah we tried that out we tried a we had a new um, ramen place that's really good that opened up recently that was nice yeah and there's a new fried chicken place but i'm not going to go there because fried chicken's overrated right okay that's fair um yikes <laughs> uh Olaf introduced me to Nikoman, which is like a like a kind of like a food courty kind of place that serves pork pows. That was really good. Uh, Olaf and Kitty are really into uh, yakiniku, which is the uh, skewers, the Japanese skewer cooking. And uh, we ate at um, uh, one that was like a little further south that was really good. And actually, uh, one of the restaurants on Sotel next to like Tatsu Ramen and all those places, Mampuku, which is the the grilling place uh we hadn't ever eaten i haven't ever eaten there before the three of us actually went there one time because it was like one of the only places that was still open and that place was super good dude that place was super good so uh, oh i'm sorry yeah not yakitori yakiniku correct thank you mike lee story yes thank you yakiniku uh is the uh yakitori wait yakitori is the Skewers? No, which one is which way? Okay, anyways. You don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. I would need to be corrected by them. But that Mampuka place was actually super cool. And we ran into a couple of other FGC guys there too because we were talking about S&K and two people were walking by and they looked over and they're like, wait, S&K? And so, yeah, it was really cool, you know, hanging out. Uh, It was people that we had seen before at Wednesday Night Fights that we know from Wednesday Night Fights and stuff like that. So it was actually kind of funny, so... Okay. What do you got? Uh, unfortunately, in the Twin Cities area, over 100 restaurants closed during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I haven't really tried much new. There's been places that I've discovered exist that I didn't know about before. That you know, I don't. I don't have a car. So I take public transit. So if I go somewhere, I'm going there with a purpose. I don't just like drive around to. Uh, discover new things. Like, that's not something right. I do. I need to, like, have word of mouth and reason to go there. So, obviously, during the pandemic, I didn't go anywhere. I mean, I stayed yeah. home. Um, so, yeah, not much new has opened up here. It's been hmm. sad. But that things sucks. are getting better now. I mean, okay. like, you know, we had several businesses literally get burned down during yeah. the George Floyd protest. Oh, so, right. Okay, okay. And that's, yeah. that's literally four blocks from me, man. Like, uh, I, I could walk right, to right, that right. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's been it's been different in, in the Twin Cities area. But, you know, hopefully things change. They've been, they have been. People have been opening new things. And food trucks are happening and, and stuff like that. Mm. So that's <laughs> nature is healing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try right. new stuff when it comes out. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it. We're well, gonna have wait, to no, hang on. We didn't answer the lotion question. Excuse uh, me. I went through... Dude, first of all, how long has it been? I feel like it's been three years. Or maybe it's been six months. I can't tell. And <laughs> so I really can't tell you how many things of lotion I went through. I don't know. 
eight. Eight in a year? Not two. I have no idea. I, I mean, I I can't. Somewhere I can't really judge eight. how much lotion I went through because I always had so many girls over during the pandemic All who right, brought buddy. lotion and lotion me up, of course. Also That's... weird. Not not really a save at all. I, yeah, it's not much of a save. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a very touchable human, okay? They just want to <laughs> lotion me up for some reason so they can take my skin. I, I don't well, know. Not a save and I have a either. girlfriend right now who probably doesn't want to hear that either. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you should probably just quit it. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm uh, just going to stop on not ahead. Do people use lotion that much? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I like put lotion on each day. Yeah. I, How else do you think I look this age? I'm actually 48. Uh, I, I'm actually 48. I, I, I don't use lotion. <laughs> well, you might want to get on that because you're, you know. You look you look pretty good and pretty young, but it's not gonna last forever. But, uh... I I don't. I, I mean, I used to use it on my hands sometimes because my hands would get really dry, but that's not happening right now. So I don't know. Like my hand, I always have very oily skin. I've always had very oily skin. I don't get dry. Like I'm just not a dry human being. It's just. I... Look, I also get oily skin, and I had massive breakouts until like pretty deep into my 30s to be honest but lotions in fact can help with that as well lotions are not just about greasing up they also can help out even if you do already have oily okay skin. okay fact. i mean i still get a pimple every now and then even at my old age so. me too i probably always will yeah That's all right we'll just have to close the show agreeing that burgers and are fantastic so good not that great so incredibly in delicious fact, in general like i mean know, i'll tell you of us could kind of do without meat it's just overrated i can definitely Meat's tell overrated. you that burgers i mean i eat them because more for functional reasons than anything else like there's very few times that i'm like i need a burger now that's usually just like i need some beef functional yeah i mean like i need some beef right now and steak is too expensive and i need something fast and so here's a burger uh, that's probably it. But fried chicken is goddamn delicious, dude. Like, you cannot... Fried chicken is, like, one of the greatest things ever, so... Whatever. I could do without meat. Meat's not important. Also, you we, know what? We, we all know somebody who doesn't, who doesn't eat pho, because <laughs> this is true. What's that? Because... Because one time, they said, uh, I know, I know a guy, I believe you guys all know a guy who doesn't like to eat pho because he considers it poor people food. Are you serious? Oh, I'm is that wolf crone? That was wolf crone, right? <laughs> no, it's not wolf I thought that was wolf crone. No, that was, no. no. I could have swore that was a wolf crone. I mean, look, I don't know who that is. Here's the thing is, sushi... I'm not going to out them, but that is somebody. Sushi, pho, tacos, a lot of these things are poor people food. They were designed yeah. to be street food. All of food. Jewish food is poor people food, buddy. Yeah, 100%. Right. Exactly. So all of that stuff is like, you can't, like, poor people food was, is like some of the best food out there. Dude. I know. Like, and when yeah. he told us this, I think James was there. And we said the same thing that you're saying now. <laughs> what do you mean you don't eat poor people food? That's all good food. Yeah, that's right. all the best food. That's like the yeah. best food humanly possible, dude. Ugh. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, 
Speaking of food, I need Let's, to eat before I go to bed. Let's end yeah. this damn stream. I gotta, I gotta go get some food finally. I've been waiting for the stream to end. You literally were eating three minutes ago. Whew, it's, I'm starving. Let's get out of here. You guys can't uh, hear the bird, right? I just, again, these guys still can't nope. hear. Okay. Oh, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Thank you.